but the, the machine is old and really janky and like was filling with water like the first week I lived here after I did laundry it was like dripping and just like filling and apparently there's just like I had to run the spin cycle for it to stop oh. yeah and like it was fine and like the dryer like doesn't spin like you have to like push it a few times and then like oh it, it can't get started on its own no it can't wow yeah yeah my um but at least it's free <laughs> yeah that's really nice i have to go through it's not like super super expensive but they actually did just jack up the price um annoyingly probably because it got i broke it kind of um we have one in the basement of our apartment building so like shared between all the people who live there it's like six units so it's not that many okay. people but a few months back i went downstairs to do some laundry and then i put the quarters in the washer and you know like pressed in the thing mm -hmm. but then the thing wouldn't come back out <gasps> was it like too full i'm this is my idea is that the people who run the apartment building just never do anything so over the years it just got more full and full with quarters so it's like jammed full with quarters which is why it's stuck like, in there yeah and then it wouldn't come back out which means it wouldn't actually start so it was just stuck and then <laughs> this had happened to me one time before and using a hammer and just smacking it worked <laughs> like to get a pop back out and start going so i went upstairs to grab a hammer and i was just smacking it like, <laughs> as hard as i could multiple times and i was chipping off fragments of this like metal like washing machine yes. thing and it wouldn't it didn't work that time and I actually push it further back in <laughs> so then it was just like completely jammed and i was like all right i guess uh, i'm not doing laundry today i took out all my clothes and then i was just hoping that like somebody would come along and fix it or whatnot like they'd have better luck than i did and like weeks went by and i would check periodically and it, and it just was still just there? jammed oh shut. my gosh so nobody in my apartment building could wash their clothes um, wait you only had one we have one washer one dryer oh my gosh yeah you should have two for like six units we should because it happens a lot where i'm going down to do my laundry and then there's like a queue there's a little table there and there's like three what's the word like hampers full of clothes oh my gosh. sitting there waiting for them the next person to be done and there's this Russian guy that I live across from who's sitting there doing like Sudoku, just waiting for his turn in laundry. Um, in the basement of your apartment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And sometimes he's like so impatient because like the laundry runs for like 30 minutes and then it's done. So I set a timer for like, I don't know, 30, 40, something like that, because I don't know exactly how long it is. So I set a timer maybe for 40 minutes. And then after 30 minutes, he comes upstairs and knocks on my door and is like laundry. And I'm like... Like, yeah, I know I'm going to come down there. I just didn't know it was done at this second. Yeah, like, since he's down there doing Sudoku, he knows exactly what's done. So he comes up and tells me to get my clothes out of there. <laughs> so he can go yeah. wash his clothes. Oh, my gosh. Like, you could have just waited five more minutes and I'd be down there. Like, you didn't have to remind yeah, me. He isn't he's like scolding me all the time. <laughs> um, so anyway, I was checking and it still wasn't fixed. And then finally it did get fixed at some point but at the same time the they jacked up the price they made it go from one dollar to one dollar 75 for a load for a load in the washer and a load in the dryer like separately okay so goes up basically double the price because uh so i don't have to pay but jared does and it is like six dollars total yeah that's a lot or something like that it's ridiculous we're like here we have enough quarters and then we like do one load of laundry and there's like three quarters left yeah. and we're like okay <laughs> guess we gotta get more yeah i like go to work or like the bank or something to get a roll of like ten dollars of quarters and it lasts me like three times yeah it goes so fast it's annoying yeah i do have a um, laundromat across the street from my house but is it cheaper 
I, see, it's it's weird because it's kind of cheaper, but it also, I feel like the drying cycle doesn't actually dry the clothes completely, so I have to um, run it multiple times. So I don't think it ends up being cheaper. Yeah. And it just takes longer. Yeah, and then you have to, like, drive there. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, like, literally across the street, oh. so I can just walk. But then it's like, <laughs> do I want to just leave my clothes there? And, like, for some reason, if somebody wanted to, they could just steal them. So then if I want to guard against that, I have to sit there like the Russian man waiting yeah. by my clothing. Is it worth it? I'd rather be doing something else with my time. Yeah. Trust yeah. it. Yeah, I got so, I get that. <laughs> I, I'd prefer to just do it in my, my basement, but now it, it's so expensive. You got to get your own unit. <laughs> yeah. Don't have any room for that. My apartment is kind of small. Yeah, the, these are the struggles of living in an apartment. Living in a house would be nicer, but nobody yeah. can afford that these days. No. I'm trying to move out after this because when everybody moves back in i don't want to go back to my parents house yeah and i was talking to somebody about potentially being roommates i mean i actually like went out for coffee and like took this like roommate quiz thing which is like asks you all these questions about like how often do you do the dishes all the way down to like what are your political views to like see if you'd be like compatible, compatible yeah. and it was a lot of fun and she was great but she would have moved here for a job, but I don't think she got the job, so she's not moving here. Mm. So, yeah, now I'm searching. So you're only going to live in this place for just a few months? Yes. So like mid-August, I think, which I really kind of hope that one of them just like doesn't come back so that I can have the room. Oh, so you like have to move out. Yeah. I'm like sub-leasing. Right, right. Wait, for like two months? For like when did the you move summer. In? Um, in June. Yeah, like two and a half months. Yeah. I just like bought select things. Oh, okay. You didn't have to do a full move. Yeah, this is, none of this stuff is mine. Oh, okay. Some of At the plants nice. are mine. That dress form is mine with that like... Oh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and then like I work over there because I work from home. So this is all like their stuff. Yeah. Welcome to the Regular People Podcast. I'm... Wade Allen, and today I'm joined by Rachel. Well, this is something I always ask nowadays because it seems like a lot of people want to. Do you want to be anonymous? Do you want to be first name only? Or do you not have a preference? Uh, you can do first name only. Okay. Yeah, that's... All right. Yeah, today I'm joined by Rachel. Hi. Hello. So we have a few topics lined up to discuss today, but as usual, what I'm going to do is ask you about yourself so listeners can get to know you a little bit. Sure. So. Um, I don't know if it's even a good question, so maybe you can answer whatever you like. But the question I usually ask is five-year history, how you've changed who you are, okay. um, your personal evolution over that time. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, five years ago, I was still in high school, I believe. I do the math right. Um, yeah, how old are you? I'm 22. Yeah. Probably yeah. still in high school unless yeah. you graduated when you were young. No. Yeah, so I was still in high school, just like finishing up my senior year, I believe. Not much happened. <laughs> I don't think I was much of a like my own person then. A mm -hmm. lot of like just following what everyone else is doing and yeah. just kind of like, blending in. That's probably most teenagers. Yeah. Most people even. Because as soon as I got out of high school and I like decided to go like to f continue my education, I was going to go to UWM actually, but mm. I like last minute <laughs> decided not to because I was not satisfied with any of the majors offered and I thought that the tuition was a little expensive for what majors were you looking for at the time um 
I wanted to please my parents in the sense that I'd find a job that or enter a career that would like sustain. Yeah. And so I was like looking into business, but I wasn't very satisfied with just like how black and white that can be. If that makes sense. It's just like corporate, like everybody goes into marketing. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, like it's just like the generic like and I get it because that's like what I was going to do. I know psychology never like super like was super interesting and like I knew that there really wasn't anything if I like studied history other than like teaching it and I didn't really want to. Yeah, history seems like a hard degree to get a job. Yeah. From at least from the people I know. And then the science related things I never was super into. I like physics. That's like the only. Yes, that is when I eventually did take like classes in college. I only took like physics classes to like be yeah. my gen ed- to complete my gen ed stuff. Yeah, like the whatever mandatory science classes. Yes. Physics? Yes. Okay. So yeah, there was nothing at UWM, and I kind of wanted to do something more arts based, but not just get a generic arts degree. Right. And my dad actually was like, "You should go into fashion." Like Mount Mary offers like this like summer boot camp thing for like young kids to like experience fashion and like create and i was going to do it one year but i had family coming into town so it wasn't able to but i was like yeah i guess so i decided not to go to uwm and go to uw waukesha which is now part of uwm it's just like really yes there was like a merge a few years ago so it's like the waukesha campus of uwm oh okay but at the time it was separate yes yeah because i the first year we went there they were like just discussing it and then i went there for two years and then the second year they were like getting ready to merge and by the third year i wasn't there they like had officially merged Mm -hmm. yeah wait where did you grow up like what city or county i was i grew up in brookfield Oh, okay so yeah waukesha is pretty close yeah one county over Mm -hmm. and i like I, i applied there just like not sure if just as like a another option other than UWM. Yeah. But yeah, so I went there for two years, did gen ed stuff, and then decided that I was going to pursue like fashion. Cool. So then I transferred to Mount Mary a few years ago, and now I'm finishing my degree there, but I actually have to spend a total of four years at Mount Mary on top of the two years I spent. Really? Yes. So I literally have to stay here for six years. Wait, why is that? Um, so the program is such, it's such a unique major and the school is so small that I cannot like take classes over the summer. Yeah. And so they only offer like six to nine credits each semester for fashion, like for the degree that I'm doing fashion design because they expect me to be doing my gen eds too. Oh, so like if you would have known that it would have been more efficient to just... Yes. Do it all at once. Yes. The Gen-Eds and the fashion at Mount Mary. Yes. And so yeah. now I'm I'm part time now because like I mean I could be full time, but I'm like You'd be taking classes sick of that are school. like irrelevant to your Yes. Major. Which like is cool. Like there's some classes that I'm like, okay, like just for fun. Yeah. But I'm also just like I need to pay bills. Right. I need to finish my degree and then I need to like get a real job. <laughs> yeah. Are you paying for your uh college? Uh yes and no. 
So my parents set up mutual funds a long time ago to help my sister and I both like pay. And they're like, you get this much money. And like, so go where you want and like you spend it how you want. Um, And so I think my last year I will have, I'll be out of money. So I will have to like find, (laughs) I don't know, 60K. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) I think, well, no, no, it would be 30 because I'm, that's the whole but i have a scholarship but i don't i've lost it because i'm not full-time anymore so i'm really like yeah it's done me dirty yeah that's that (laughs) is the annoying thing if it's like fafsa um like government grants you basically need to be going full-time in order to get the money and my parents make too much for them to do that yeah Yeah. give me anything Hmm. yeah this summer semester i kind of ran into that problem because i'm just taking one class just to get a head in uh like the four-year plan thing taking calculus it's a five credit class and to get the fafsa government grant for the summer you need to be taking six credits so i i signed up just like real quick at the right before the semester started for one credits uh spanish class just okay that's to have to have six but then like (laughs) No, actually, you need to take six credits, but all of those credits need to be like relevant to what to your program plan, which Spanish wasn't because I'm going for a science degree. Yeah. So then I could either take a class that is relevant and uh, put me over six, which I guess would be fine. That put me like at nine or ten. But then that would mean because like, I'm basically at the end of my associate degree, so the fall semester is my last semester. So if I did enough to get me the grant money for summer then that would mean I don't have enough classes for fall that are relevant, you know? Because mm-hmm. I would be taking basically taking one class for my fall plan and putting it in summer, which would put me under the amount I need for fall. So it's a lose-lose either way Yeah. to try and so you get ahead in the timeline. So. Exactly. My parents are like, why aren't you doing this or doing that? And it's like, I can't. Like, yeah. there's, they don't offer anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that sucks. It is what it is. I just I just get to sit here and be in school for another two years. Yeah. And hope hopefully it'll all work out. I I mean, you'll still be younger than <laughs> I am when we both finish our degrees. Yeah. So that's oh, something you've got like, going. You know, people like go to school and like get big degrees and spend I don't know, like ten years there. Yeah. And then it's like, I spent six and I have a degree that like, isn't super beneficial. <laughs> like I can't do a ton with it. And yeah. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, one, one thing I think about a lot is like, how much of a scam is college? Because so many people I know have, are in debt now and have to pay these astronomical loans until they're probably like 40. Yeah. And they're working at the same job I have. This is an entry-level job that anybody could get. Exactly. So, like, what did your college degree really do for you? I'm going to college right now, so maybe I'm scamming myself. But um, I think you're doing, like, you're going to a smaller community school. Yeah. Right now, the only semester I've had to pay any money for is this summer one because of the problem I just described. Every past semester, uh, it's been free. Yeah. But, and I think that's, like, you're still getting an education. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a good thing as, like, betterment as a person to like educate yourself on everything i just don't know how do you even know which degree is going to actually get you a good job uh that like 
you couldn't get if you didn't have that degree. I think a lot of it comes from experience. Yeah. Because most people in like where what they go to school for and where they end up are like two different things. Yeah. And it's like how you build on like getting jobs and experiences that help you so you can put that on your resume so that you can like show up to a job and be like i don't necessarily i didn't necessarily go to school for this but i have experience in all this and i think i could be beneficial to you and like that's i think how because like i would love like well i love where we work but it's not beneficial to like where i want to go and what i want to do even though like i love the community and like like serving people and being with people but like that's why i got this new job is like get some experience yes yeah because yeah because it's like it's great that you like put in these like 40 hours a week at this one job that but it has nothing to do with what you actually want to do so is it actually benefiting you other than just like giving money yeah exactly yeah the tricky thing at least for me though is before you can actually get a job that's going to give you experience for better jobs down the line you kind of have to decide what you want to do with your life in the first place kind of like (laughs) one problem i've struggled with is just having too many interests where i can't decide on a singular interest yeah so it's like i could do this (laughs) but then that would mean closing the door to this this and this and then i end up just like not doing not doing any of it really um which is probably a worse problem to have which is that's really the main reason that i chose to start going to college at like age 24 or whatever i was when i started just because i think it's it's like kind of a waste of, of your life to just never decide on a thing. And it's better to arbitrarily decide on one thing, even if that's not perhaps like at the end of your life, the thing that you would have chosen if you you know have enough time to finally decide, mm. but just to, just to make a decision and just go with it rather than twiddling your thumbs. Like I was doing for like seven years, <laughs> just working at random jobs, not, not being able to decide what I wanted to do. Yeah. I still don't even know exactly what I want to do in the fashion industry mm-hmm. just because I like I don't like a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. I really hate retail and like shoving things down people's throat and being like, right. buy this because yeah. I need money. It's just like I don't believe in your product. Like it's I love creating it, but like I I hate the retail aspect and that's like the first step in like the fashion industry is like work a retail job like put that on your resume uh, and yeah. I did and I was fired because I couldn't <laughs> sell anything <laughs> oh wait what what job was that um it's a boutique that was it like commission-based like you so yes and no so it was hourly and then there was commission on top of the hourly okay. so it was really nice because I would like if you sell things yeah because then you get like so much extra on top of the hours that you like put in right so like you were judged on yes how much you sold things and yeah if, if you didn't meet a certain quota then you got fired for yes it. and no um so the business is like a small business so there's like none around here and it's a franchise though so you can like invest this much money and then like get your own store mm, okay. but it still like has to follow like criteria yeah i was hired with i think there were like four or five people that worked there and they were all like middle-aged women (laughs) and like they were all nice i had nothing bad to say about them but the manager that hired me 
I loved and she was great and she's like you have potential but I had no like sales experience at all but she like saw that there was potential or potential and she ended up leaving because she needed insurance in this place like didn't offer yeah. insurance and they so they hired a new manager and this new manager was like she's like we need to get sales up we need to do this we need to do that and then she like had a few chats with me and was like um you need to sell better like try like whatever i don't know she yeah. like would try to be like well how like if you were trying to sell something to me like what would you talk to me about or, like how would you like introduce these items and it's like i don't know because i've literally never had experience in sales and yeah. so like i need someone to teach me oh yeah there's like no on the job training they just expect you to be able to yeah somehow and it's like okay it i did a lot like we'd get shipments of like clothing and i'd have to like bring them all in make sure all the sizes were correct tag them steam them label them put them away i don't know i like i loved doing all of that stuff because it's just like i didn't have to deal with people because if it's like when we serve it's like this is our menu and like how can we help you yeah but when you come into like a clothing store like you can talk about anything under the sun it's a lot harder in my opinion yeah i really dislike sales and ha having to convince people to buy things it's oh. it's not for me it's not fun no there was like one one sale i think i was only successful in is because i actually like liked the product because it was a vegan yeah. leather like purses like that's how you do it like if you actually like the thing then it's easy to sell it because you're enthusiastic about it and you actually care if people buy it or not mm -hmm. just having a <laughs> job where you're expected to care about things you don't care about it's Being, like impossible to oh do. my gosh some of the stuff was so bad like it was just ugly yeah and like really bad quality and we are charging like 70 some dollars oh. and i'm like i can't i don't believe it like <laughs> yeah so no i do that but i as my new job that i just got i literally do the same thing i sell things to people but yeah. i have a computer that i use instead of like physically being with them right how long have you been at the new job uh two weeks does it feel better or different from that one you were just describing yes in the sense it's so it's a subscription-based service and it's it's like a try before you buy so like you fill out a quiz you tell me your preferences and then i have like your height and like what bra size you wear and whatever and you can like add any notes if you don't like certain colors if you don't like certain styles you can like specify all that and then i pick out based on what we have in stock mm. a box of seven items and i send it to you and then you have five days to keep them or return them and then you can like offer feedback why you didn't like these things and you can do it every month every three months we have like different themed boxes for like summer and oh, okay. outdoors ones and stuff so i like it better because it's like a puzzle to me it's like okay you like these colors this is your size like you don't like these things you do like these things and then this is what i have to work with and i have to like ideally make outfits for you not just like send you seven random things but things yeah. you can wear together and then like explain why because i get to leave a note but like yeah explain why i chose these things for them and then that's it has it gone well so far i have no idea you don't haven't gotten any feedback yet from it or not yet i mean i have like i can look the statistics but like nothing's in because like i take so long for us like to like print it all like out go through 
our like warehouse to like package it all up and then ship it out and then for people to have those five days right and so it just hasn't the time hasn't elapsed yet i don't think so i hope that it's going well because i like think that i'm doing a good job (laughs) and like there's this lady the other day that was like super picky like i read through like paragraphs of things that she was like saying about each box and what she really likes and it's like accounting like what time frame that she said these things to be like what's most relevant and current that she like is into she's like i like like white shirts but with like words on them but if the majority of it is white then i don't want it and it's just like there are little things like that it's like i don't like pants that cuff at the ankles because it's too tight yeah like i'm surprised (laughs) that she she knows what she likes so specifically i feel like most people don't have that clear of an image of describing what kind of things they like to wear yeah i mean i spent a good like 30 minutes on that order and like you should spend like uh, you should do i don't know how many you should do an hour because i'm at like i technically finished my second week which i'm still supposed to be training my second week but after my first week they're like nah you're good you can do it on your own so i like consider myself in the third week so i'm supposed to be doing like 25 ish orders a day oh yeah and so I've been like it 25, anywhere from 20 to 25 orders I've been doing, which is good because I'm like a week ahead of what they projected for people. So, but yeah, I spent a long time on hers. It's like three an hour. Do you work like eight hours at home? And then do you just do that all at once? Or do you kind of spread it out over the course of the entire day? I get one lunch break, which I actually take. And then I get two 15 minute paid breaks what i don't take because <laughs> i'm just like oh i get up and go to the bathroom or like get more water and like i do that periodically like, i don't just like wait for a 15 minute period to yeah. like do that right. I, that's like not enough time it's kind of weird that they have that structure even when you're working from home because i've had jobs where you, you know you have a like a paid break and then when you're working physically with other people like it makes sense to take those but I feel like, at least for most people working from home, you just take breaks whenever you want to. Yep. And in my experience from observing people working from home or knowing about them, it's like most of the day is a break. Uh, <laughs> not my days. Okay. You're you're a more diligent worker or maybe your job is more demanding than some other people. It's, it's not like, oh, just get this done. Like, these right. are your tasks. It's like, keep doing orders till we don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a set amount of things you have to do in a day. It's just like as many as you can yeah fit in yeah because if it's like this is your one project that you have to finish by the end of the week it's like as long as you finish it you could spend as much or as little time as you need to on it which sometimes is like two hours in the whole week yeah and yeah. you just say you were working that whole time but really you were doing <laughs> I, I don't i like honestly i can't lie in that regard like i i would feel really bad yeah. I'm like yeah i spent eight hours every single day working on this like <laughs> here it is <laughs> and i didn't yeah one one problem that like my girlfriend runs into is that she's given a task t- to do. Maybe it's just the one task of the day, but it take, it, she finishes it and she has nothing left else, else to do in that day. Mm. So it's not even so much like that you're slacking off or anything. It's just that you done y- you the task that you were like it didn't take nearly as long as was expected to. Sure. So then like in in industries or jobs like that, it seems like the thing people do is just stretch out the work unnecessarily. Like. My boss expects us to take a, a day. For me, it takes an hour. I'm going to make it take a day. 
even though it doesn't need to at all. Hmm. You wouldn't like go to your boss and be like, hey, I finished. Uh, yeah. Do you need me to do anything else? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I wonder. I guess you, I mean, you could, but then do you really want to have more things piled on top of you or I don't know. I feel like if you finish, if you can finish something fast, yeah. then there isn't anything piled on top of you. If they right. like add something, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> our topics that we were talking <laughs> we about today. We already were talking about fashion like, a little bit. but Yeah. So we're going to talk about fashion slash creating, minimalism, Catholicism, and fitness. Yeah. That if we can good. get through all of those. <laughs> yeah, we, we might not get through all It's okay. I, the podcast I just did um, was with my brother, and he had a list of like seven topics. Oh, wow. We got through like three and a half of them. So we don't have to get through all of them, as many as however much amount of conversation each one of them yields so fashion what's the name of the like degree that you're getting uh so i am getting a bachelor's of fashion design a bachelor's of art and fashion design i think something like that oh, okay so there's like two routes you can do fashion there's the design and the merchandising so merchandising is like floor plans of stores mm -hmm. fashion buying so like what are you there's a thing called market where you can all these brands so like for instance like boston store like sells these certain brands and fashion buyers from boston store will go to market and pick out items from each of these brands that they think will do well for them and then like picks they get to pick out like what size range in those garments or whatever they're offered and like how many in each and then like they'll be shipped from the market or like yeah. whoever the vendors are like for that season but you like always shop a season ahead okay oh, so you're like, like in, you're in control of the stock yes and like what's going to be coming in so that's like more merchandising based and then designing is literally creating sewing making patterns for garments and so they work with merchandisers like they'll work together because merchandisers will do like trend research and talk to designers about like what's coming in and like what the designer should actually make and like what colors are popular oh, okay and so then you're on the design side of it yes but i also i like the design side because i like the creativity i get yeah. and to like make things and create things merchandising i don't think is hard it's just like way more business based oh, okay but i like want to potentially intern somewhere that is like merchandising based because there's a lot more jobs in merch oh, okay. than there are in design and so if i like want to be able to provide for myself in the future yeah. i like should know that side of it or should have some experience in that side of it so that i can just be more versatile right design if you got a degree in that that's do you need a fashion design degree or expected to have one if you want to become like a seamstress or something or is is that more like a higher level um if you're going for the design degree is that like rather than doing the actual sewing of all these clothing items you're coming up with like one item that all the seamstresses then re re replicate like you're you're more the idea person than the actual like grunt labor i guess yes okay yeah yes yeah, so there's, there's far fewer of those Type of it's and it's like a really like competitive yeah. field and there's like all the project runway stuff and like all my professors are like pay attention to like the grammys and all these awards to see like who's wearing who 
because it's yeah. like this huge thing and i just i don't care about that <laughs> like at all like i i don't know it's interesting and i'm way more interested in like what people are wearing than like who they are oh okay yeah and like there are like, some like yeah like the the name of all of the famous fashion designers is less interesting than the actual clothing itself well like it the people who are wearing it so like all the artists and stuff i don't care about oh, okay. like like it's cool to know like who's designing for who and like what their designs look like and what like commonalities you can see amongst their designs yeah because like when i was interviewing for this fashion job which is like entry level i was like doing like interview research on like what questions the fashion design like majors in industry will ask because it's a lot different than like uh, the basic interview questions because it's yeah. like who's your favorite designers <clears throat> and like you can't just say like oh i love chanel because like the name chanel like who designs for chanel is somebody else yeah and so you need to know who that is and like be well like chanel is a bigger company that has lots of designers in it usually there's like um i can't think of the name of it but there's like a creative director kind of yeah. who like runs that and so like whoever they are is actually who's designing for chanel or who has the name chanel oh okay so you there's like one creative <laughs> designer or like artistic designer for chanel or is chanel such a big company that there would be several i think of that them? there would be several but i think there's like usually a head or right. somebody who's like most and that's the name that you got to say at these yes that's you have to know because right. you have to know the industry yeah because like you, you have know, to know it at more than a surface level yeah so who's your favorite oh see i don't have an answer to that because <laughs> like i don't okay you don't follow it enough i have had to do many i took a history of fashion class which actually like started from like the beginning of people wearing clothes to like now and it like went into every the beginning sing- of people wearing clothes yes wow. like literally like cloths yeah that people wore to like today and it like went through the entire history of it and so i had to do like every week because it was an online class we would have to we like had to watch the lectures and then find an outfit from today or a dress or anything that like has or has been inspired by that whether oh, that be yeah. like neckline lineage back to some yeah and so i had to, design so i would go on to vogue.com and look at their runway pictures for all the different designers and it had to be within the last four years too so it had to be like recent stuff yeah so then that's why I, that's how i've been like a lot more comfortable understanding some designers and like hearing names because at first i was like who are these people yeah and like i don't know you just like you see pictures like gucci and you like see all the runway pictures for that which is like really nice because it's just like an archive of like their 2021 like spring summer collection and there's like 30 different looks and you can just like click on it and then i'd like dissect whatever they were wearing and how it like that's one thing that's kind of cool to think about not just with fashion but with a lot of things like comedians for instance like you asked them who they were inspired by and like what comedians that they like watched and loved when they were a kid and you can get this lineage of certain people like going back i was listening to a mark Marin podcast with eddie murphy and eddie murphy was talking about how he was inspired by previous um guys going back in time like this guy's inspired by, inspired by this guy this guy's inspired by this guy and you can see like their 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 comedic patterns like 
you actually can notice like, oh yeah, they do similar things to that person did. And you can look at that with like movie directors or with fashion designers. It's like it all like goes back in time. It's like this ever branching thing into the future of these different artistic lineages. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. It's not really something I noticed though in fashion, maybe because I don't pay enough attention. How does that like shape itself? Like what kind of looks do you notice? Okay. If you take them back through time, what it, what is the thing oh. that you notice about that? I can like, like the shape of a neckline or tell, like kind of, materials that are used or yes and no. A lot of the material materials that are used have been around for like centuries. Yeah. But the way the industry works is it's slightly changing now that social media is a thing. Um, but there was like the big designers like Chanel and Gucci and. Christian Dior who would have shows yeah and because like we we didn't have smartphones back then and like you you can't just like pull up a picture of it like back then so they'd have these shows and select people would be invited and people would actually like designers from like smaller companies would like go and like try to sketch the designs as they went like oh yeah down the runway to like get inspiration got, from like, these 30 pieces. Seconds to sketch the yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it's insane, and like from there it just like trickles down. So like, you know, have you seen those like really obnoxious like runway outfits? And you're like, who? Yeah, the ones wear? that are so impractical. Yes. that like it took them four hours to even get into the thing. Yes, and it's like all held together by like a single <laughs> needle. If that if, if that fell off, the whole thing just crumbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's aspects that are taken by smaller designers from that like that look yeah. that's like completely ridiculous, and that slowly like trickles down. Okay, like it's it's so over the top in the original piece, and then it kind of gets distilled into like yes. more subtle. And people will take different parts of that. Yeah. They're like, oh, I like the wide legs, or like the neckline is different and i'm gonna like take that right. and that's how like we get to where we are down here oh, okay like the the everyday consumer so it, okay it, like comes from like the elite yes. class yes that's how yeah it's like a big triangle yeah but now that social media is a big thing and you like and covid happens so like no you couldn't go to shows yeah. smaller like brands and people who like are into fashion like rihanna has like her own like line and stuff they've actually been shaping it instead of like the very elite so it's a little bit different rihanna's not considered elite enough well i mean she She, is she's still high up there but not like yeah it's not like known for having a 100 year old fashion company exactly yeah and like Billie eilish like has yeah a say in the industry like the neon green yeah like that's all her from her hair because she had like neon green roots and now it's everywhere i see girls with nails like that i see like crop tops like that and it's all because of her and like she's not this like huge fashion company that like right sets shows like she's just an influencer and artist yeah one thing this isn't related to Billie eilish but it was one thing i was thinking (laughs) about related to fashion yesterday was since when did nike become some sort of like status symbol like people are like if you if you're like a teenager and you're wearing the the Air Force Ones, somehow that makes you cool. Or I feel like when I was oh, growing up, gosh. Nike was like just pretty basic shoes. Oh, yeah. Like no, nobody cared if you were wearing Nikes. It wasn't like mm-hmm. you didn't gain any popularity or status points from wearing Nikes. You might like wearing Adidas shoes, whatever. It's not like it didn't mean anything. Yeah, it wasn't some. So that I was thinking like these these trends that just 
all of a sudden make something like Supreme. What made that oh, so, like uh. so popular and so like cool? <laughs> is it just some arbitrary choice made by teenagers, or like is is there is the company coming up with some scheme to make themselves more like a more expensive label or something? Because okay. I wonder how it works. Does for instance Nike? I feel like their shoes didn't always cost a hundred or two hundred dollars. Like they costed like forty. So, which order does it go in? Is is the culture? for whatever reason deciding that nike is cool so then nike capitalizes on that and ups their prices or does some executive at nike think like wait a minute if we just like triple our prices all of a sudden that'll create a demand like people will think we've got something cool going and then it'll become cool like is it i think culture driven or is it like business side driven i think uh you can go both ways because i've i've thought of that i've thought about it I think Kanye did this, but forgive me if I'm wrong. He, uh, like, with his Yeezys and, like, his whole brand, like, he, as himself and as an artist, was already established and, like, Mm -hmm. people liked him. And then as soon as he offered merch, people would be interested in that. Yeah, you can charge $90 for a t-shirt. But I think, I don't know if I heard him say this or who I heard say this, that he, like, offered these things that would... I don't know if they were super expensive or not, but, like, the inventory he had was so low Mm. that, like, it created that demand that, like, these are, like, there's, like, not many of these. And so I need to get them as a consumer because, like, that's cool and, like, I can, like, brag about it. Yeah. But, like, those things are only of value if everyone else around you finds them of value. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't care. Just like collecting antiques. Yeah. Like, there's some that are cool, but like, it's literally junk. <laughs> well, okay, this is to some degree, or maybe entirely, how I kind of feel about everything. <laughs> and I feel this way, especially about fashion sometimes, too. It's like, it's just because the group of humans, for whatever reason, decided to value <laughs> this thing that it has any value. Like, it doesn't actually matter. It doesn't, like... yeah. Yeah, like you go to the antique store and in some like vinyl from 1960 that there's only three of, like it's worth sixteen thousand dollars, but it's not really like it's only if you find it. Like only that. if someone's for whatever reason willing to pay sixteen thousand dollars, is it worth that? And I guess people are, but it's it's, it's just like this the consumerism mindset, right? It's like if you somehow convince enough people to like something, all of a sudden, like. It's cool. Yeah. Or like people will like you, so you'll be happy and like it will increase your mental health. <laughs> like <laughs> the uh, the amount of people that I see, like, I don't know, walking around here, especially everyone's dressed the same. Like it's oh, yeah. the Air Force ones. It's the yeah. black ripped jeans. Like it's the crop tops. It's like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the, the open flannel shirts with like the, the tight, um, like, yeah, the crop top underneath. It's like a bright color and it's like contrasting like. I see certain styles a lot that are just repeated by everyone. It's like, if you're not part of this club, is that really so bad? No, like I don't think so. I th- like, and this goes into the minimalism. It's like everyone is the world, every brand, every business, everybody wants to profit. Yeah. And so they are going to tell you that you need these things. And then everybody believes that they need these things. And you just need to keep getting more of them to like... Yeah. And it's like, you don't. Yeah, you don't. And with fashion especially, um, I just, I, I don't know. 
for me anyway, I feel like there's no hope in, in even wanting or trying to follow the trends because it seems so expensive. And so like just accumulating all these things that only will be like good um, for a year or for six months or something. Because if you get on, you know, the Nike Air Force One train <laughs> within another year and a half. It's been going for a while. It has been going for a while. <laughs> but, <laughs> or whatever the, whatever the particular trend of the moment is, if you hop on that, the, the, the straight jeans that are like, I don't know, kind of too big for your legs that go straight all the way down. Skinny jeans are out. You know, now you got to wear those look like a short, like you're almost wearing a dress, but, but they're jeans. <laughs> uh, like you get on that train, you, you buy these like five pairs of jeans that cost $120 each because that's what's cool. And then within a year, now we're onto some other trend and you're just like half your wardrobe you have to replace. It's, it's, to me, it seems really wasteful. And like, I don't know, you could be spending your money on more permanent things. I, yeah, I agree. That's why thrifting is great. It, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> it's sustainable, and it's you don't have to invest a lot into these things. Yeah, that are, and my my fashion goal as a designer and just like as a person that like has to wear clothes is like I want to find timeless pieces that like I can wear forever. Yeah, and that I can keep and that will last through whatever. I won't. I. I don't know if that makes sense. Is there is does that exist? Is there such thing as a timeless look. like fashion like a look? Yes. Well, I mean, the color black is a timeless color, and depending, I don't know. There's just like really classic styles and silhouettes yeah. that have just always been around, and fashion does repeat itself in one form of another, even if it's not like exactly identical. Right. Like the flare jeans are back like yeah. just like they were in the 70s so like everything is like yeah there does seem to be like this i don't know 30 40 year cycle of, of things coming back on, on mm -hmm. trend mm -hmm. or even shorter than that sometimes like you can have like the early 2000s look like come in yeah the purses like, those those purses are coming back we yeah. have tennis skirts coming back like yeah and like one thing that seems to be a timeless trend early so far is i feel like men's suits haven't changed very much in the longest time no they have not it's they like, really have not you get a suit and you'll be stylish i think until you die with yeah. that suit, as long as it fits you i feel like that's true but the when people wear suits and how often they do has changed yeah like nobody goes to work right dressed to the nines anymore but if you do see just a guy walking down the street in like a <laughs> a, a nice fitting like suit and tie and you're like wow that guy's got style yeah <laughs> <laughs> for some reason i don't know why why that culturally looks good i mean it, it i guess it does but i don't know why yeah okay so this was one thing um i was wondering i guess for you personally and but also just for other people generally speaking does a fashion designer is it more about following the trends or more about creating trends if you can anyway like are you supposed to observe what's going on and, and make something that, you know, is going to make money off of the current hype or are you trying to generate hype? Um, I think it depends where you are in as a designer. How high up you are. Yes. Yeah. Like if you're like Chanel or like Dior, like you're creating those or you're trying to. Yeah. And if you're just like working from Kohl's, it's like following the trends. Right. Which I don't ever want to work from Kohl's. <laughs> yeah. They're based in Menominee Falls, so, like, my school is, like, really encouraged to, like, intern there and do stuff, which, like, I'm not opposed to interning there, but they're, I don't know, I've walked around Kohl's and I've 
been like kind of disappointed with what yeah. I've seen. Yeah, I didn't realize that Kohl's is kind of like overpriced for what it is when I was a kid. My mom would always want to shop at Kohl's and then she'd have those like those Kohl's cash. Kohl's cash. Yeah. <laughs> Just so many of those that she wanted to use like it was some deal and then I'm thinking about it like this isn't really a deal. They're giving you these Kohl's cash. So you're going to spend more money at Kohl's that you wouldn't have otherwise spent. Yeah. It's like $10 off, but it's like you wouldn't have gone to Kohl's for this thing and if you didn't have that. So it's like, okay, this is maybe unrelated. It's about coupons. I was at the store the other day. I was like, you know, I want some ice cream. And then I was like, I have this coupon for three Ben and Jerry's ice creams, $1.50 off. And I was like, that sounds like a bad coupon, but I'm going to bring it just in case. I go to the store. I look at the Ben and Jerry's ice cream and it's like, I didn't want to buy three. I don't want to buy three. Yeah. If I use this coupon, it's going to make me spend more money than I otherwise would have. And $1.50 off of like a $5 ice cream. I mean, I guess it's like... Is it total or each No, ice it's, cream? it's total. Like total $1.50 off. That's lame. So it's like you're going to spend $12, $14 if you buy three. You're getting $1.50 off of that. No. So then I was like, you know what? This coupon isn't worth using. I'm just going to buy the amount of ice cream that I wanted and then not spend by any extra. I, I don't know. Like that's most of coupons. They're just trying to trying to like make you feel like you're saving when really you're just spending more than you would have without the coupon. Because who, what is that? 50 cents off each ice cream? Yeah. That's yeah. stupid. It is stupid. <laughs> and like the only way it's worthwhile is if you originally, without yeah. the coupon, were, were intending on buying three. But if you're not, you're spending more money. No, I, I ran in the same thing because there was like, I was buying tofu. Yeah. And it was like buy three and like for this whatever. And I like literally sat there and did the math and I was like, so what if I get 20 cents off each thing? I wasn't going to buy three to begin yeah. with. Yeah. So I just bought one. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, like it's often not worth it to use the coupon because it's making you just over purchase. Yeah. Although I, I think maybe with coupon I might have, or tofu, I might have done it. Because um, like another factor that goes into my head with the ice cream is like, this is just extra like fat and calories and un- unhealthiness that I don't need to be having. Or like tofu, I, I use that a lot and I, I feel okay about consuming sure. tofu. So, And then like for clothing too, it's like I don't need to buy, you know, another pair of socks or whatever it is. I don't need to buy two of this thing so I can get one of them for free. Like that's just going to take up more space in my closet. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just buy the one and leave it at that. I do have to say, I don't know if this is a coupon, but... Metro Market does this thing with BPs, like certain BPs that if you put your pin in or you buy groceries at Metro Market and you put like your phone number in that you get like a certain amount of cents off a gallon. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, Yeah, I've seen places um, do that kind of thing. Freaking do it <laughs> because <laughs> I got 80 cents off of, of each gallon yesterday. I paid, it's like $3 a gallon now. Yeah. I paid 210 per gallon and you didn't have to do anything or buy any extra to no yeah that seems worthwhile and i mean each month i think it like renews and like cancels but like i'm living on my own buying groceries and like metro market i don't think is super overpriced yeah that's just the kind of thing like yeah i guess there are some coupons that are trying to get you to buy more than you otherwise would have and then there's some coupons or deals that really are only just trying about be about like brand loyalty yeah keep keep buying from us so it's worthwhile to, to use those, but sometimes it can be a little bit shady and manipulative, but yeah. not always. And most like 
coupons have feel like that have actually worked for people are ones that like kind of require them to like take this survey and you get 20 percent off your like next oh, entire yeah. and it's like i don't really want to but like i'll do that because i'm going to come back anyway because i have to and then you're giving the company more information about oh yeah i've never actually tactics. taken the surveys yeah. but i never like i try not to people don't need to know more about me yeah i try to turn off cookies whenever i visit a website yeah i never i like will leave a website if it asks me to accept (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i never mind (laughs) (laughs) yeah and one thing that has kind of annoyed me for like several years now i used to work at a movie theater and one thing that we were really pushing on everyone that ever came in there was the uh, rewards cards it's like for every i don't know fifty dollars you spend on movies you get a free five dollars or something to spend on whatever tickets or popcorn or whatever so we were just always trying to push those on people if they haven't gotten them yet and then like if you're going to the movies a lot yeah it's worthwhile maybe even if you're not you're not you don't have to pay anything for it it's so maybe it's worthwhile to get no matter what but then you think about it it's like every single business seemingly that exists is doing one of these rewards cards or loyalty cards it's like what's the what's the number that it takes before this is just annoying and too much of a a, a burden and like your wallet is filled with like 37 different awards cards for these places that you go twice a year mm-hmm. so i don't know I've, I've got some kind of thing against <laughs> rewards cards I, I always just say no to them even though i mean i guess it might technically save you money if you go there a lot my mom like will throw away the card and she'll just like make sure that it's registered under her number so that they can just like yeah, put the number yeah. in and she can get the points but the credit card loyalty things I cannot stand those where it's like, you want to save an extra 20%? Sign up for a credit card. And it's like, no, I'm not going to. I actually was like unaware of how I thought I went to Ulta like last summer because I need to buy moisturizer and I had a gift card so it would be free. Yeah. (laughs) So I went there and I like grabbed it, went to the checkout and I thought that she was asking for my like phone number so i could like get the points or whatever and she was like literally trying like filling out the (laughs) credit credit card card thing and i was like then she like asked this question and i was like what the heck and i was like i don't know like i don't want that like i'm sorry i made a similar mistake to that before i used to work at gander mountain but before i worked there I, i went there to buy like a backpack or something like that and at the register, one thing they do is they really well. They don't exist anymore. They went out yeah, of business. I saw that. But one thing they do used to do when you have to register, they would just try and try and sell you the Gander Mountain credit card. And I was there, and they were trying to do this to me, but I didn't realize it was a credit card. Yeah, like I thought it was going to be a loyalty card. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. So then I gave them, I like filled out the form, and then. <laughs> Still didn't realize at the time. I don't know how. No, I get it. And then I, like, two weeks later or something, I get in the mail, like, some letter from Gander Mountain saying that I was declined the credit <laughs> card. And, I was like, and then I realized at that moment, like, oh, I had signed up for a credit card. And I was really glad I got declined because I did not want a yeah, credit card. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I still don't even have one, a credit card. Really? Yeah. I have a, I have a secured credit card. What does that mean? So it's, like, the pre-credit card. Because you can't just get a credit card if you have no credit history. Right. So it's like, it's based on like how much you make. You like bring in like a check stub so they can see. Yeah. And then they like allow you to spend like so much of that. So mine's capped at 300 Oh, okay. And so I just have to like make payments regularly so I can like build credit. 
Yeah. So that I can eventually one day have a credit card. I know that as a like a responsible functioning adult in today's society, I probably should own a credit card. And I think I'd I'd probably be it'd be very easy for me to maintain good credit because yeah you just have to if you sp- just spend like, a small amount of money and just pay it off every month like like gas or something like yeah. like i'm not in debt i don't have impulse purchases that ruin my, me financially same <laughs> so i'd be fine with a credit card but i have this pro i, I just don't want to get one because i think it's it feels to me so like just messed up that the, the entire industry of credit cards i don't want to be a part of it i don't mm. want to i don't want to function in that that machinery I yeah I get that but I also have this dream of like owning a duplex and like being a renter as like as like a second income outside of my own job and I think I need will need to take out a loan for that or something and so I need credit for that for them to like yes we trust you take this money (laughs) yeah although I mean I feel I mean I have a debit card and I make payments on things and I have like rent and all that so do I? I probably have a credit score, even though I don't have a credit card. Yeah, I don't forget how you check that. Yeah, and apparently checking it makes it go lower, which doesn't make any sense. Are you serious? I, mean, I thought. Oh, I took a personal finance class in high school, and I thought, do you get do you get to check it once every year or something, something like that? Yeah. Okay. If you check it too frequently, it goes yeah, and then they're like the sites that are like you can like we you can use us to check your credit score and it, credit score and it won't go down. Yeah, it's credit like, karma or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. one of them. It's like so you're saying it normally goes down just by looking at it. That doesn't make any sense. Well, like, how about this? Make your payments on time. Yeah. Don't miss any payments, and your score will be fine. <laughs> yeah, I guess for um people in more difficult situations than I am, that's a hard thing to do. If you've got a shitty paying job and kids and stuff and yeah. you got to decide which bills are more important than others to pay and which you can go late on for a month. It's never fun <laughs> to be late or to not pay something. Yeah. So more about fashion, though. You were taking this history of fashion class. Yes. That was during the pandemic. Was that last semester? or? Yes, last spring. So what kind of trends don't exist anymore oh that, gosh that used to are there are there any interesting ones that you kind of wish would make a comeback i mean i don't wish that these would make a comeback but you don't see like ball gowns anymore yeah is that something people would wear like would those only be worn to like balls or so, would people wear them just out so like, it was more so for the, like the elite class yeah in like the 17th and 18th century more so women weren't like not allowed to work so they were like to be at home and to like raise kids and like if you had daughters like you were to like educate them the best you could to take them to balls because that was like the social media yeah like that's where they mingled and met people right you just raised them to be like socialites they need to have yeah like an speak languages know how yeah. to paint like play piano sing right that like was everything be charismatic and have like, like manners yeah. and like everything related to that and so like that's what those ball gowns and dresses were for the prettier they were and like the more money you had and like you just wanted your daughters to marry rich that that was your goal yeah basically get rid of your daughter into the richest family you can exactly and then um if you had men or if you had boys they would like obviously 
get a job, but there's like to like go into the church, like serve the church, like law, and there was like something else was like elite class did. Mm-hmm. There's like the peasant work that did like farms and stuff, but yeah. like they didn't go to balls really. And if they did, they weren't like as extravagant as like the elites. Yeah. But they owned like all the property. So if like if you read like Jane Austen, if you like have read any of her work. I haven't read Jane Austen. Um I took a class I'm familiar. And I like not only it was a literature class. So we like not only read like I think they're like her five or six major books, but it was also like a history class of like what went on during this time period and like mm-hmm. why like some of this stuff was so appalling to some people because like at the time because to us now it's just like oh a girl like rejected a guy and didn't want to marry him but like back then like you either got married or you became like a how like a white or what's served in someone's house as a maid right, right. and so like your whole goal as a woman was to get married yeah and so like in pride and prejudice if you've read it the main character which i'm blanking on her name like kind of rejects a guy who is like really rich yeah and in favor of a different guy or does she end up being single um she actually ends up being with him but like at first re- well mm. she rejects her cousin because it was normal back then yeah to marry your cousin yes <laughs> and then another guy was interested in her and she was kind of very sassy to him and they eventually got together but there's just like in pride and prejudice there's five girls and like the property rights goes to the next male in the family. So after the father dies, there's five girls, and the only person that's in line next is the next oldest male, which in Pride and Prejudice was that cousin that like asked to marry the main character. Yeah, yeah. you also wanted to have boys because you wanted to keep the property in your family. Right. That was something that I, growing up, I had a legitimate fear about. <laughs> And I didn't realize that our culture doesn't necessarily work that way anymore. I was worried that, like, since I'm not the oldest boy in my family, that I would inherit nothing. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, like, my oldest brother is going to get, like, the, the family fortune, if like, as if there were a family fortune. Sure. But, you know, I didn't understand that there wasn't one when I was a kid. Like, no, I'm not going to get anything. Like, Going to kill them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm very happy to have learned that that's uh, mostly out of practice. People don't operate that way anymore. Not, not in the Western world, really. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if it still works something like that with, like, yeah, rich, I, like really rich people. I would believe. I, I could be open to believing that that would be true. Yeah. I'm sure, like, if you're the second son of a rich person nowadays, it's not like you get nothing. But, you, I mean, maybe you don't get the... The, estate, the family estate you just yeah. get like a few million or like dollars or whatever which is a lot dad's but. job in the yeah you running the business yeah he doesn't hand <laughs> hand down this business to you that you have no experience under at, at all <laughs> that happens way too much i was watching this video undercover boss and oh, i feel like i've seen that it's a horrible horrible show like it's just so depressing because it's like <laughs> I the, think I've seen the that ceo with like dollar tree or something oh yeah yeah it's like the ceo of the company you know, goes undercover as a regular employee somehow. I don't know how anyone actually believes that. When, like, a lot of companies, they, like, shove in your face who the CEO is. Like, I used to work at Trader Joe's. You watch, like, videos and, like, documentaries of, like, basically Trader Joe's propaganda, like, how great our CEO is and everything. So it's like, you're aware. He, he could not pull that off because everybody working Trader Joe's would recognize his face. Hmm. Or when I worked at the movie theater, like, 
the CEO of that movie theater actually appears on screen before every movie and thanks you for being there. So it's like, it wouldn't work. <laughs> but anyway, the CEO goes undercover as a regular employee for one week and does the, the job at least for a few minutes a day and meets the people. And at the end of the week, maybe he fires some people that, that were doing a bad job or the ones who like he thought were doing a really good job. He like gives them a new car or puts their the amount of vacation or a raise but that's the thing it's like almost never a raise oh really yeah it's just like you're a great employee here's more work or like here's a here's a thing that's like a temporary like i'm gonna spend some money on you but i'm not gonna spend money on you long term like here's a new car i i feel like there's probably a few episodes where the guy gives him a raise but it seems rare to me it's usually just like here's um momentary yeah Huh. Here's a nice new like object that you, you can yeah, have. Yeah, like what if you get a new car? Like, can you sustain to keep that up? Yeah, probably with, not. With like the wage that you are get it given. Yeah, and in, in a way, it kind of reminds me like of Oprah, where it's like everybody gets their their new cars in the audience, and it's like, wait a minute, I can't, new car for I can't you. afford this car. <laughs> really though, <laughs> especially I think when you're gifted something like that, you still have to pay some sort of like taxes on it so it's like if the thing is expensive enough it actually might bankrupt you to be gifted it yep like here's a boat yeah now you have to find a place you have to like have a car that can have a hitch so you can pull it places you have to store it somewhere in the winter you have to clean it yeah you have to dock it somewhere but that might cost money (laughs) like honestly the best option is just to immediately sell it yeah turn around like never used (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway, the show Undercover Boss, one of the episodes was um, about the CEO of Hooters, which... Oh, my gosh. I've never been to a Hooters, but... <laughs> so the guy, his, his like, dad started the company in, like, the 50s or something. And the guy was like, I wanted to be an engineer. Um, but <sighs> then, like, when I was, like, 35, my dad's like, uh, you know, son, you're going to... Here's the company. You're going to be the new CEO. And the guy had absolutely zero experience running a, a company or a, like a restaurant or anything. Oh, gosh. It was just like because he was the guy's son. He just got he it. He got the company. It's like. You, you wouldn't even like spend years like training. <laughs> no, and, like, no, he's just like. Instilling. His father surprised him and like, I don't know, didn't want him to be an engineer or something. So he just kind of forced the company onto him. He's like, I, I guess I'm doing this now. So I, I don't know. That, that kind of thing. <laughs> happens way too frequently the, the nepotism of just because you're a rich family and you wanted to stay in the family you you pass it along to your children who aren't don't have the experience and aren't capable of actually doing a good job it's not setting them up for any success yeah oh yeah creating was the other aspect of the fashion th- fashion thing yes um do you spend a lot of your time creating physical fashion items um i feel like there's a lot more mm, time spent on like developing concepts like drawing stuff yes like so we do mood boards is what they're called yeah um you can do it on like online like illustrator or you can like do it make a physical one yeah and so it's just like a collection of pictures and things that like convey a mood for Mm. what you are creating and then depending on like what you're making like if you're just doing a single garment you don't need a ton, but if you're doing like a whole collection, it's like five or six pieces, then you need a lot more to like draw from. So yeah. you can have like pages. Oh, like a mood binder. Yes. My, one of my professors was featured on New York Fashion Week. Um, oh yeah. I was going to ask about that too. Yeah. And so she like, she brought in uh, one of the dresses that 
was featured because I think she had like five or six and like her mood book, all these like pictures that were taken, the fabrications that she was like playing with, like all of these things. And she's like, I originally started off wanting to like make silk garments and then like paint on them with like paints. And then it turned into like her whole collection being based on like a flower and like seeing that in six different dresses Mm. and so like what she like originally wanted to do versus like working through her whole process of like finding pictures and images and like drawing came out completely different yeah do you follow uh, fashion week not really but i should (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm gonna have to like pay attention to it more and more that i get closer to actually getting a real job yeah what's the world of fashion designing that you you would want to get into would it be like the the high fashion stuff or to be more like when you design something or how the clothing that you want to be making is it more like practical or more like artistic i would love to be able to do both but ideally practicality and like sustainability okay so like pieces that are timeless and that will last you through trends and that are more like basics okay but like are made with like with good quality and like sourced from good places that like yeah. actually benefit because like i've watched this documentary i didn't watch it actually i listened to it on like npr and it's like the cost to make one t-shirt or something mm-hmm. and they follow like the brand jockey and like what goes into like making these white basic t-shirt like undershirts that guys wear and like we have cotton farms in the u.s and like we ship it overseas and like a lot of their stuff was like being made in bangladesh and there is no regulations on buildings or anything and so like factories have collapsed and killed people and as soon as like bangladesh starts thriving and like people start making money and like there's actually jobs there the cost to make it will go up and so they'll just pull out and go to different place and it's like how is this helping anyone yeah that's one one thing that comes up in like every industry profit margin bigger but like yeah is it but everyone's after money yeah you outsource it to the cheapest place you can and like i i understand that from a business point of view is like you want to keep your costs low but like is it worth letting people die right and i wonder a lot of times is it worth like the reputational damage if if any like nike was on (laughs) a small amount of trial in like the early 2000s because there was an expose about them using slave labor for their clothing and they got out of that by like basically paying off the people who were um, upset upset Yeah. yeah but i wonder like if you're running a company like that trying to have the highest profit margin you can by using third world countries cheapest labor like you know children making your underwear is it actually even worthwhile in the long run to do that because you know ideally anyway someone's gonna find out and they're gonna stop buying from you as a company because you know you're exploiting you're not like following human rights laws Mm -hmm. so there was i know of some like labor that is sourced overseas but is run by like families that like make stuff like yeah when i worked at that boutique before i was fired we'd have like certain like sweaters and it was like knit from this like one family in this other country and like i've heard of like factories that have been owned by families that like will still do like cheaper labor but like 
as dangerous. Yeah, they um have to install like suicide nets on some yeah. of the like sweatshops in China and whatnot to prevent the people from killing themselves. Yep. That work there. Which I don't know. If you have to do that, uh, I think you can cut a whole bunch of problems that we've dealt with a better way. But one thing that would be really great to have, but who knows when it'll happen, is a more standard set of laws, like nation, or like globally, because this isn't fashion. But um, cruise companies, like Norwegian Cruise, mm-hmm. what whatever the big, <laughs> there's like three big cruise companies, and they basically like legally they're based in i think it's like el salvador um so that they can get away with having the bare minimum like human rights laws possible for like the people who work on their cruise ships so like according to the laws that the country like of the country that they put them they say they're from which i mean they're they're not that like the the company's literally called like norwegian (laughs) cruise lines but they're based in el El salvador just so that they can basically have people work like 16 hour days at like three dollars an hour that kind of thing why would you want to work there i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i I don't i mean people choose or maybe a lot of times maybe it's not even a choice but people have these jobs that are just so shitty that it's hard to understand why they still have them but maybe they the alternatives are just as bad or Mm -hmm. maybe it's kind of like if you've been doing something for long enough it becomes normal and even if it's shitty like at least it's keeping you alive sure yeah so i don't know it's, it's kind of a hard hard thing to convince companies to do is like don't outsource your labor to these third world but countries I th- people or companies are like using that to like get consumers to buy like oh this may be more expensive but it's like sourced ethically yeah, right. and like it's like turning the tables yeah there are those companies that yeah they they rely on like a positive image of the company for you to want to purchase for them you have to yeah make up for the fact that it's three times more expensive with the fact that like you're not supporting child labor yeah. at least hopefully yeah. i could imagine what some of these companies are doing is still like they're functioning exactly the same way they are supporting child labor now they just charge more and say that they're not so that people feel good about the purchases because uh, how do you track that kind of thing down yeah um, i do like the the brand patagonia because i they are more sustainable, so they used recycled oh, stuff. Yeah. But I don't know where they stand ethically or how they yeah, are. Yeah, I don't either. I haven't owned anything from Patagonia. And I actually um, didn't know they were a company until a few years ago. And I was working at whatever job, and some <laughs> customer came in wearing a Patagonia hat. Yeah. So I was must have appeared really stupid to them. I was okay. like, so, like, how do you like Patagonia? Like, oh, like, like the country? The country or like the area <laughs> in Brazil, like... Like, is it a cool place to to visit? And then they're like, I haven't been there. Like, why are you wearing a hat that says Patagonia on it? Oh. <laughs> Not realizing that it's just the name of a company. I was thinking like it was a you know, type of thing they buy as a tourist when they go to a place. Yeah. Oh, that just like has the... Yeah, it's like Disneyland. I've been there. Yeah. I'm wearing the shirt. Nope. That's a brand. Yeah. I learned like the next day and I was like, oh, wow. Well, I'm an idiot. I didn't know it was a place until after the brand and i was like oh that makes sense yeah it seems like a cool place to visit yeah now that covid is calming down well, you might actually helps. yeah well now that there's a vaccine and so there's hope of yeah. normalcy people will be able to travel again i'd like to i uh, was planning on going to peru yeah remember that <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen um yeah 
Okay, so when you're creating, like, what kind of thing do you like to create? Is it like a type of clothing item, like an article of clothing that you're more into, or is it just anything? Like, are you equally as enthusiastic about making menswear as women's, or is it only women's stuff, or is it dresses, or is it like, oh, okay, you know, accessories? Sure. Like, what's the what's the thing? What's the thing that gets you going? <laughs> so I've actually not made menswear okay yet, and I think I will this next year um with the design classes that i am taking i do enjoy dresses i feel like i tend to stick to that just because it's like it's like a shirt but i don't need to make pants and a top (laughs) you know like i it's like a whole outfit in one yeah so yeah do you own any like do you make the stuff that you wear or anything like that um no i wish that i'm like trying to get there that's why like that dress on that dress form like is the start because it was a pattern from a shirt that I had like previously made but I like altered it and I needed to see how it was going to fit and just like especially in the front yeah but I have like fabric and stuff and but <laughs> I've been working so much yeah like full time so I've not had like the time to like oh I get to like relax and sew and make myself clothes not had time are you a skilled sewer I would say so. Did you have to take classes for that or is that something that you learned like as a passion? I took classes. So in sixth grade, we had to take like a home ec class. Yeah. And we had to make these like locker caddy things that would like go in our locker and we could like put things in them and they had like pockets and stuff. And they like went through the grates of the locker and buttoned. So I learned in sixth grade how to sew. My grandma is like really into sewing. Um, so it's just like in the family. She never like taught me how to, but I'd like see her do it and she make quilts. And then in eighth grade, and me and my friends had like a little purse business thing, which actually I'm going to grab one. Oh yeah, do it. I have two. This is my wallet currently. Nice. And then this just has like medication related stuff, but I still use them to this day. We didn't even like make the quilted pattern oh, on okay. it. It's just fabric and we put zippers on it and like made the ends so that you could like pack more in them and we'd like sell them to friends and they're, it looks like Vera Bradley stuff. So they would like people that didn't know that we went to school with, they'd be like, why are you selling Vera Bradley stuff? And we're like, well, you're not. We made yeah. it. And like we'd sell it at the farmer's market and stuff. So I've just That's like cool. always been handy with sewing because yeah. it's not that hard. It's like I've never found it hard. I've never even tried to sew. So. It's like there's a foot pedal and you press it and it starts moving <laughs> and you just like. Do you have a sewing machine here? I do. It's like on the floor over oh, there. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. One thing you were saying before about your one professor who started with the idea and the end result became something completely different. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've noticed that a lot with my own like creative endeavors. For a few years, I was making a board game Mm -hmm. and it just kept on changing so much. Like I would like have some idea, write down some a bunch of rules and like cards and stuff and then make a prototype of it. And then I would play it by myself and then realized there were elements of it that didn't work or that weren't as fun or whatnot so i would get rid of them and then have new ideas and change them and now i'm in like the fourth edition of it and it is not (laughs) similar at all to the idea that i started with yeah it's like evolved and devolved in different ways so much 
And then one thing that's like from a creator's perspective, always a challenge to overcome that I have some friends who have problems with it too, is like, when do you stop? Like when is, when do you consider your project finished? Cause as the creator of a thing, whether it's like a board game or a book or an article of clothing or like a video or whatever it is, you could always do some more tweaking to it. Mm-hmm. And like the image you have it, of it in your mind is probably never actually going to become a reality. Hmm. And at some point you just have to decide that you're done and that you have to be content with what you've made, even though in your head you could probably think of some more things that could be improved. But if you do that, you'll never, you'll never finish. You have to decide at some point to just let it, let it be good enough and not let perfection be your enemy. Oh yeah. I feel like digitally this is a lot more possible, but if you, if I'm making something on Illustrator or like a design or something, I can make copies of it and play with like right. four different ones or like four different ideas. And then whatever I like, I'll like continue with that. And then I'll make more copies of that yeah. and keep going on with it. Yeah, that. it'll just like, it's just evolution of itself going yeah, on. Yeah. But then if like I don't like it, I can like retrace backwards or like oh, okay. pick another one of the variations that I've started to make and like play with that. Do you ever run into issues of never finishing? Just like never being satisfied with the end result. So there is no end result. You just keep going. I, well, okay. So when I'm designing and I like create an idea and I like draw it out, that's what I'm creating. Yeah. And like that is the end result because that is like what I said was like good enough in my head. Right. And like I can get more ideas like as I'm creating to like make that change that into something else and then i'll like draw another one and then i have that possibility of like going back and like i already have paved the way for the majority of what i'm making if i'm going to make like slight alterations to it so then do you consider the slight alterations like a different thing like you have this initial idea and that's what it's going to be and if you come up with later ideas that there's like these are just two different dresses i'm making now like they're not like because like for instance for writing one thing that's hard for me and for other people who who write things is like you think of a story or like a premise of a story and then you think of maybe like four or five, ten different ways it could go and you're you're just never for sure which which one you want your final piece to be. Mm. And I imagine maybe for like creating clothing, the nice thing about that is you could just create all of them instead of having to choose one. Mm-hmm. For a story, you can't really just make ten different endings. That's not satisfying <laughs> as a reader. You have to choose on an ending and yeah. that, that's how the story is. But for like clothing, you could say, ooh, like it could be like this or it could be like this. Why not? I just, why don't I just do both? Like have two different like pieces of clothing that use both of my ideas. Mm -hmm. Is that just easier to get over with? Like the perfection thing as a fashion designer, do you think? Yes. But I feel like I have an end goal in mind of like something that I want to achieve. So it's. It's not really a problem. Yeah. It's not like an open door. It's like, okay, this is where it stops. Okay. And so, like, once I create that, I'm like, okay, I've completed this task. Yeah. You think that's just, um, like, a you thing? Like, you have a good way around this problem? Or do you, do you see that with other... Like, do you know people that you go to school with that have difficulty kind of, coming like, to an end? Kind of, like, while they're in the design process of, like, actually sewing or, like, draping the design. So, like, draping is when you take, like, pieces of fabric and you just, like, go on the dress form and you start, like literally draping it on there in different Mm. ways and pinning it and then you can like mark it and transfer it to paper and like create a pattern that way okay and so while people are like actually draping because they they've created the image and they're like okay now i actually have to make it 
and they're like, well, what if I want a belt? What if I don't want a belt? What if I don't like the hemline and I want to change it? And like my professor is like, in the real world, like when you have a job and you pitch this idea to merchandisers, they're expecting that, yeah. not what you think you can do better. So you yeah. have to give them that even if you don't like it. Yeah, you need to pitch a finished idea rather yes. than like a maybe it could be like this. this is what I'm making and then can make something completely different and it's like that's not what they're paying for they're yeah. paying for this idea and it's like if, in my mind because it's happened to me where I'm like oh I should have done this yeah it's like that's when you make a note and you draw it like something else mm. or you draw what you're thinking and then you can always go back and like revisit it yeah it just you just can't for this specific task right yeah, make into a different new project instead of exactly the same one. Yeah, the amount of people who have gotten yelled at by my professor about that—they're like, "You can't! Like, you're already this far. If you make changes, like, like slight changes, like okay, but like drastic changes, it's like, no, this is due. Yeah. Like, we had a fashion show in the spring. You can actually watch it on YouTube. Oh, um, I can I can link to it. Yeah, you can, you and I'm in me. it. <laughs> oh, you're a model in it in the fashion. I show? am a model for my own work. Oh, that's cool. And I did win an award. So Wow. Yeah. What was the award? Uh the historic dress award. So Is like a, a period piece of clothing? So of? we are given a piece from like the sixties and from there we had to like the dress was like our inspiration. So we like had it in class for a few days. You could take like a billion pictures of it and like how it was shaped what like techniques they used what fabric what colors we had to take that and make our own mood board based on it and create our own dress based oh, on okay. this other dress and so like i used like i when i had to like write a paper on it because normally when you pitch your ideas it's like live and in front of like three judges oh yeah and like they basically are like is this good enough or not good enough to be in the show because we only have this these many slots yeah and so we couldn't do that this last spring um for obvious reasons so i had to write a paper and i just like played on like the 1960s and like all the revolutions that were occurring and how like yeah. whatever so yeah and then i made my dress and i think there's like oh i think there were eight people in my class but it's really interesting to see like we all like drew from this one dress and look at all these like completely different dresses that everyone else created. Yeah, that is pretty cool. It's, it all comes from the same source. It mm -hmm. ends up different. Yeah. But yeah, I can send you the link. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I will <laughs> I will link it in the description of this podcast episode. So another topic that we touched on a little bit so far, but uh, is minimalism. Yes. Would you call yourself a minimalist? Um more work in progress minimalist. But, like you wanna be? Yes, ideally. Okay. Detachment from things yeah. is the goal. <laughs> what about it draws to you or like calls to you? I guess this sort of goes into my faith a little bit, but it's like this earth and this world is not home. Mm. It's not where I'm going to be forever. And it's like, why would I? I don't know. I want to do and prepare the best I can for like where my soul is going to go after this and being attached to and like obsessed with all these earthly things right. is just like tying yourself down huh. so it's like yeah that's a take on it i haven't heard before about huh. minimalism and it's just like a lot more freeing to a person like yeah. if you're not in the whole concept 
or the constructs of society of like you need to do this thing by this age and you need to have this and you need to have a car like a nice car and you need to have a house and you yeah. have a dog like you need to have all of these things to be happy because that's what everyone else has yeah and it's like keeping up with the joneses in a way but it's like you don't yeah you don't like is that actually gonna serve you any benefit right yeah other than debt yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I come at it from, like, the angle of, uh, in a lot of ways, like, it's practicality, like. That is very true, too. Is it, <laughs> is, does, is it useful to own so many things? Like, do I do I need to have all these pieces of clothing that fill up my room? Like, do I need to have all these different, like, books that I've read one time? Like, if I'm going to read a book, am I going to read it again in the next 10 years? If not, why do I need to own it? And, like, for moving purposes, like, so annoying to have to use multiple moving trucks oh totally stuff and carry all these heavy boxes and then from the like money side of things like it's just so much money you're saving by not buying stuff stuff you don't need to yeah. begin with one thing i i'm on the fence on is like the aesthetic look or the, the aesthetics of um <laughs> minimalism because i do like the look of simple not like cluttered um but then on the other hand i do like the idea of like a nice full bookshelf mm. i don't know so i'm, I'm a bit conflicted there with how i would ideally like if i didn't have to worry about money or any other sort of practical problems how i would want like my so, living space to look sure do you like the look of minimalism i do but sometimes it can be kind of cold yeah it can be a little bit robotic or like unfeeling or yeah and like you don't have a personality because you're you just live in a white room with nothing in it no and i feel like as a minimalist it's like your goal is not to be at zero right it's to be like to have the things everything in your life has a purpose yeah yeah it's like do you need five pairs of scissors no <laughs> you probably just need one and yeah. so like even as simple as that like i decluttered and i have like two pairs of sunglasses <laughs> and like do i need to probably not but like i have them in my car yeah and so it's like little things like that but like not even or physical like you can be a minimalist with physical things but you right. can also be with like other areas of your life yeah like i feel like with noise and like entertainment and just like social media like yeah. that is a lot and it's loud and people are telling you things all the time it's just really distracting and so like yeah. even not be online for like certain days of the week or just like literally sitting and doing nothing do you like avoid social media or spending too much time on like technology do you have like set boundaries and rules for yourself like i don't use the internet on tuesdays or <laughs> something uh i have in the past when like i first started this journey where i would like go weeks and months without going on instagram yeah which was like insane for me to think because it's like no i would spend hours on there every single day and then it was just like no i didn't like Did you just go from hours to none mm -hmm. wow. most of my life is just like one extreme to the next <laughs> so like even going vegan that was like one day i woke up and it was just a just choice vegan? i made yep and wow, i i didn't do it that way <laughs> no i know it's probably not healthy to do it that way but it's like it's probably much harder to do it that way it, it wasn't it's all a mindset yeah and i was like ready for it just like i was for social media and like it wasn't like i didn't get urges to like want to do it 
Right. But I just saw patterns of like who I was becoming and how shallow, yeah. like chasing after likes and yeah. things can be. And it's, yeah. And I had just gone through a breakup or I had just broken up with someone. That's usually a good time for change. And Oh, it, it, it literally made me who I am today. Like, how long ago was this? Um, the end of 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm back together with them, so. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yep. Well, that's interesting that a breakup with a person changed you a lot, and then you're still with that same yes. person. It's just like they're with a different version of yourself. Yeah, it is. And, like, I definitely needed that time to figure out what I value yeah. and who who I really am outside of that relationship. And... It's really weird because I don't know. I don't know how to describe our relationship other than like our souls just like connect. Mm. And like, and it's not like, it's just as soon as we became friends, because we didn't date for like a year after we knew each other. Yeah. And then went that whole almost year of dating, we did not kiss. And it was just like. Pure. But you were dating for a year and didn't yes. even kiss? Yes. Wow yeah and so it's not like oh there's this physical thing and we're just like yeah. can't be away from each other it's like no it was much deeper than that wow. yeah and so when we separated it was like really hard because it's like i didn't just like lose my boyfriend i lost my best friend and yeah. like but then we found our way back to each other and i'm happy that he felt the same way that i did <laughs> yeah that's good yeah so i like the way you put it though with the um, minimalism in terms of like attention your focus not being sp split, not being distracted all the time between all these different things. Dopamine rushes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like just, just being addicted to technology. I would definitely recommend that everyone stops using Instagram if they, if they can. Cause I don't know. That's, that's a <laughs> app slash site that uh, I feel like is especially bad for people's mental health. No. Do you know what's worse than that? What? TikTok. Oh, I haven't oh, been on TikTok really, but. Don't. It, like, sucks you in worse than Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Is that, like, why? The format? It's, it's videos rather than... Yeah, it's... Well, it, uh, primarily pictures? I had TikTok for a little bit because I loved Vine. Yeah, Vine was pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. That was my app. <laughs> and then it went away. Um, And so I was like, okay, well, TikTok's kind of like the new Vine, but, like, nothing will ever be as good as Vine. Yeah. And I just, like... I kind of checked out a TikTok when i checked out of instagram like with that oh, breakup okay. thing yeah and i was just like i wasn't into it and then just like hearing about the stuff that goes on young girls being over sexualized mm -hmm. and just like the lack of social justice that they try to advocate but it's like not there oh, okay it's just it it's not good and then it, the algorithm is just like so sneaky and yeah like, like predatory like trying to Yes. Get you just waste your life on it. Exactly. And that's like, we're not here to just be wasted away and distracted yeah. into until we don't exist anymore. Like, So you stopped, you haven't used TikTok really since then? Not unless like somebody will send me one. Right. And like, uh, it's funny, but like, I'm happy I don't have the apps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have it either. And that's kind of a thing that I like to be minimalistic about too, just like what I have and do on my phone. And this kind of carries over from my last phone where I like literally did not have the space to 
<laughs> to have anything. Like I had to just delete everything basically because it was like a six-year-old phone and how Apple <laughs> likes to do evilly and sneakily is constantly do updates that make your phone worse and fill your phone up so that when you like look through your phone storage, there's this giant chunk of like system that <laughs> you, you just you can't get rid of. And it's like they're just slowly making it worse and worse. So I had this older phone with like the the lowest storage possible that you could get with that version and then eventually it was like you actually can't even use um your your messaging app anymore because it takes up too much space so my my mindset around like what what apps i have and like what i do on my phone is like just don't have any apps basically yeah i use my phone mainly to take pictures and like i don't even take pictures of that much or that like pictures and videos of that many things is i'd rather be in the moment than like trying to scramble to take a picture or video of like what is happening yeah i hardly ever take pictures which probably might be something i regret later in life like not having any pictures of myself but um <laughs> I, I use my phone primarily for texting and like searching on the internet sure and and youtube that is an app or that, not an app i don't have the app but that's a website I, I use a lot i i do too but i use my laptop because i just like it's a bigger screen yeah <laughs> what kind of youtube do you watch um I've been lately... Is it like a genre? Uh, it ranges from like different people's like vlogs that I just like oh, follow okay. to like... I watch a lot of um, Middle Ground. Oh, yeah. I've seen those. Yeah. Just to like on topics that I don't even care about. Just yeah. to like hear the points and like, I don't know, see people have open conversations even if they are opposing. Yeah. That's pretty nice to see. A lot of times it's like conversations are so antagonistic or they just don't even happen at all it's like you don't want to talk to anybody who you disagree with and if you do talk to them you're gonna be angry and like Mm -hmm. yelling at them Mm -hmm. which is kind of sad yeah the level of tolerance yeah is very low one thing that um happened kind of recently that i saw it's a little bit troubling and isn't quite related but a little bit related to that is apparently like facebook is starting something of allowing or like having people be deemed like experts so they they can control like the information that is like deemed valid or not like like i I guess facebook users can become experts so they can flag things as misinformation oh which um i don't know seems like a bad recipe it does that does sound bad not even from any one perspective just like whatever your beliefs are about how the world is like it seems like that could go wrong on any side of it yep i agree that does not why would they offer that yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so you you mentioned catholicism from the perspective or minimalism from the perspective of catholicism at least from your your faith which is catholicism it is so that is something i find interesting i do know um a lot of religious people but i don't think i know at least closely many catholics were you did you grow up as a catholic i did born and raised um when i got to college i kind of questioned like my faith and like what that meant to me and where i wanted to go i had a lot of protestant friends oh okay yeah so it's like learning the differences because when i got to college i didn't think there were any difference differences between like christian and catholic but there are yeah yeah (laughs) there are (laughs) how did how did that shape itself did you find yourself like becoming more protestant or in ways it was very appealing to me um but my heart and soul has always been with the catholic church and like 
spending time understanding why they do what they do and the differences because a lot of Protestants don't like the Catholic Church. Yeah. A lot of the tradition that follows. And so I got a lot of backlash from friends and like made me wonder like, why that doesn't sound right. Like, why do I, why would I want to support that? Yeah. Yeah. There's a big tension between Protestants and Catholics, especially like in Ireland. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Where people are literally killed over that. So what was what's what's life like growing up as a as a Catholic? Do you have to do the um the confirmation and like the yes. the process all the sacraments? Yeah. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to have parents, especially my dad, who is like actively pursuing his faith and isn't just like we're going to church because that's what we do. Yeah. And so when I had a lot of questions, I was able to talk to him about them and he like would help me like find answers and like provide explanations but yeah i did my first communion in second grade and then before that was like your confession your first confession Mm. um and then in high school i did my confirmation and then i think that's it so far till i get married or become a nun what what's the like the (laughs) thing that happens when you're married just another... oh that's that's a sacrament it's just marriage gotcha gotcha yeah just like a rite of passage for the catholic that, church yeah okay it's well i it's it's deemed a sacrament because it's like in the in the church like marriage was created to for you and like your spouse to help each other get to heaven ultimately is mm-hmm. to become holier people together is having children a sacrament no I feel like that one should be. If marriage is going to be, I feel like having children should be. Yeah. But I, yeah, it's not. I mean, you just raise your kids in the faith and then they like. Yeah. I, I feel like there's so many de- denominations of Christianity and I grew up as like a non-denominational Christian. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, do Catholics do, well, do Catholics do baptism? Yes. Oh, yeah. Duh, that, I think I might have skipped that one. Oh, okay. yes. Do you do that? Like what age do you infant baptism? Oh, okay. I haven't looked into it as much because my partner is Protestant. So oh, okay. yes, we have. Is that a problem? Uh, it for, can, for like it... marriage <laughs> prospects, I guess. Yes and no. We've kind of like we've discussed it, and yeah, uh, we've discussed like how <laughs> we wanted to do things and stuff, and it's respectful. And I, I don't know. <laughs> my um aunt was not a catholic and she married a catholic and became catholic because mm-hmm. like i guess sure. that's is that a pretty standard thing do you think that like... um you actually do not have to be the same religion to be married in the catholic church oh okay so but is it like even though it's not a requirement is it still pretty like standard that it happens um or kind it... of yeah. yeah well my mom she i don't i think she was baptized as a lutheran but the only school that would accept her when it was like time for her to like go to kindergarten and first grade was a Catholic school. So my grandma's like, all right, you're going to Catholic school. Yeah. Like we don't have a belief system really, but you're going to Catholic school. And so my mom like went through it, but I don't know if she really, she didn't go through any of the sacraments. So then when she met my dad um, and they were going to get married, she was willing to convert. And so she had to like do all of her sacraments in one day, which is usually the day, the night before Easter. Like, you can be, like, baptized, confirmed, have your first communion, like, all of that. Just all, all at once. Literally, yeah. yeah. And, oh, yeah. 
it's not always then, but a lot of times it happens to be then when like new people are welcomed to the church or convert. Hmm. Is there like um, a process for converting or is it relatively simple? Uh, So there's an RCIA class. So what does that stand for? Rights of Christian something. It's basically a class that explains the faith. Like if you're going to be this, this is why we do what we do. You're not forced to be here, yeah. like, but you take the class and you understand the faith and what is expected of you, and then you like get. Uh, it's usually like a year long class. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes you can retake the class if you're just like unsure, but it's like it's not like okay, you're taking the class so you have to. Mm-hmm. It's, I believe, you have the ability to take it again and decide you don't want to do it. Yeah. So, from like a Catholic perspective. How important, how important is like the institution? Because my feeling, not being a Catholic, is that compared to other denominations of Christianity, like the Catholic Church is like a very important part of it. Like you have to be like part of like mm-hmm. the, the church. Whereas maybe if you are, um, I don't know, so, some other form of Christian, like you don't necessarily have any feeling of like c- community with the wider like rest of the people across the world who are your same denomination sure. you don't care so much about what the the higher-ups of the organization have to say you just like go to your local church and your your faith is more of a like a personal thing mm. or the feeling i get is like catholicism it's like you know there's like the pope who's saying whatever he's saying and like <laughs> that that matters to people sure do you personally like care much about what the pope says or does uh so this pope uh, i he's kind of all over the place and he actually recently said some came out with something about the Latin mass and like basically the whole service being said in Latin. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know exactly what happened, but I know it except upset a lot of people. And like as a Catholic, I don't like look to every single word the Pope right. says. You don't, do you, like you don't feel very tied to that? Not exactly. Okay. It's more so like who is my like priest's? And pastor and like what are we doing in the church that i'm at okay yeah if that makes sense so it's it's less a connection to like catholicism as a whole but rather like the church that you go to is that accurate ish i mean the church so the word catholic means universal so like every church every catholic church should believe and teach the same thing right. so no matter where you are you're getting the yeah there's got to be something that makes you catholic and yeah someone else not catholic yeah yeah there's a there's a question I want to ask, but I, I don't know like a specific way to ask it. I feel like it's too open ended. <laughs> but I guess what I want to know is like what is like the world view of of a Catholic like, and that's just way way too leaves way yeah, too many answers it, open. Because yeah, so I'm trying to find a way <laughs> to put that. Okay, I guess maybe one thing is like what are like are there any like core principles that differentiates Beliefs. Catholicism from I don't know Protestantism? Well, as a Catholic, like part of you know since the pandemic has happened um people like have been like watching church online and doing stuff yeah. online but as a catholic like we believe in the true presence of the eucharist like the bread and wine like becoming jesus's body transubstantiation and, yes. yeah that's that's like a thing that the majority or all even all catholics they should believe? i okay. only think like 
there's less than half that actually do believe that. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. A lot of people are just cultural Catholics. Right. Okay. And it's just like, okay, this is what my parents did. This is what I'm doing, but I'm not actually learning. And like, I feel like most of that time is when it, the faith is like misrepresented because it's like, you're not actually pursuing what this actually means or yeah. like what this belief system is. You're just like, yeah, you're just kind of there. Right. So like that's a really big thing. Another one of the reasons that I am Catholic and not Protestant is because you can trace the Catholic Church back to Jesus. Okay. And like his apostles and like what he instituted and that most mostly aligns with the Catholic Church today. So it's like the most accurate representation yes. of Jesus like, teachings. Yep, and there's like a lot of history. The Catholic Church has been around a lot longer than the Protestant Church has. Um, and so there's a lot of like theologians and people that have written things that are like really rich and helping understand why we believe we what we do and like I don't know yeah. I just like I have like a bigger archive of things that I can pull from because like a lot of the Protestant like what I've read some books and like seen some things and it's like you're just saying what the Catholics are saying just oh, okay. like you're just realizing it now though. Does that make sense? Another um, difference between like Protestant and Catholic is that Catholics, in order to like go to heaven and be a good Catholic, it requires faith and good works, mm. right? I love this question. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas um, Protestantism just requires the faith part. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think it's in Ephesians too, where it, there's like a verse that like talks about it. But so, yes, that is true that like the Catholics believe faith and works. Yeah. But you cannot have true faith without it producing works. It's like a natural so, consequence of yes, believing. Yes, correct. Okay. And so, like, there's nothing that I, like, feel like I have to do as a Catholic that's any, like, that should be any different than a Protestant other than there are sacraments. Mm -hmm. But, like, sacraments are created to, like, deepen our relationship with God. And it's not like, check this off. Right. It's not a bucket list. It isn't. And so it's not like, oh, I have to do all these things. Yeah. Because it is like, I think a lot of people miss the the relationship that Catholics have with God. It's just like, oh, you're just like doing these things and it's so emotionless and you, you just stand up and all sit down at the same time and you all say the same words. But like, if you really dissect the mass and like what the posture of like how, like when we sit, versus when we kneel is all different like and it should be changing like it has to do with the posture of our heart and like when you stand you're like listening and when you sit like there's purpose behind everything oh, okay. isn't so it's not just like we're making this thing for you to do and like we we just want more people to be catholic so this is how we're gonna do it yeah i guess what's the word that catholics use is it mass for mm -hmm. okay. for the service yeah yeah is mass um more like ritualistic or like ceremonial than for Catholics than like for other churches. I you know? like I would you, say yeah. Yeah. Have you have you been to other churches? Yes. Oh okay. Yes. Oh yeah. You were saying that you went to your boyfriend's church. Yes. A few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. How how do you? I mean maybe maybe I don't want to ask a question that <laughs> creates um I don't know problem with your boyfriend. But <laughs> how would you? What what feelings did you get when you were at a different like when you go to a different church like? Sure. So I feel like this also has to do with just like 
the area or like what i was raised to going to versus like what i'm exposed to now mm -hmm. but it just seemed not superficial but just like very charismatic sometimes oh, okay. and it's like i love the sacredness of the catholic church that we like read the psalms that are like literally in the bible and we're not reading some like rock christian song <laughs> yeah. and not that it's yeah. always that but just like i've been to those churches where yeah like literally doing rock music and and i yeah. just there's like a sacredness and a holiness of like singing acoustically and like hearing the echoes in the loud church and the focus isn't on us it's on god and okay. it's like our silence and our time with him and being with him and not ourselves and not like what the pastor has to say to us yeah. and like it's really nice when catholic priests can actually like give good sermons and like share things that's not like boring like yeah. the church that i go to now there's a young priest there and me and my boyfriend both really like him because he preaches very well okay yeah, yeah i've had some church services where i was literally falling asleep <laughs> yeah we've all been there <laughs> <laughs> okay can you run me through the like the format of um, a catholic mass like what is the order of events that okay. happen when you go um i've probably been like my my aunt's like catholics or some of my family sure. members so i've probably been to them i just don't remember the differences so there's like the opening song starts with singing yes okay. um and then there's like two readings and then a gospel reading um and like they're singing in between the readings and stuff like um, so there's gospel meaning like the four the four yes gospel. so there's like what the other one's like old testament or so there is old and new and i think it just depends but usually like a mix of old and new in i in think so mass okay yes and then of course there's a gospel reading yeah the priest will like preach on the readings and he'll like pick wherever whatever he wants to combine all three of them together and like whatnot and then they're singing and then there's like the offering of gifts so then you like can donate money and then there's the preparation of the bread and wine and then there's usually a song and then like the closing prayer and closing song yeah is there um a lot of like conversation or like gathering with the catholic community like before or after like do you hang out with people afterwards or? so most of the time it's after and i have to do i do believe the catholic church could definitely improve its community oh, and okay. like relationship building yeah. and I, it depends what church you go to because some of it's like really good and some of it's just non-existent yeah the church that i go to is in shorewood and they've been there's a school attached so it's like kids will come to mass or whatever twice a week so there's like the parents and the community of like young kids which is like nice and then there's like the younger pastor and so they'll they'll do events and they have like a website that's up to date so it's easy to like engage and like be a part of the community and then it's like the church that is like associated with uwm the catholic church at least because yeah. there's different churches or whatever so there's also like students that will come to how long have you been going to the church that you're going to now probably a year and a half yeah um i probably won't be able to get this out in the editing but um, <laughs> if you're wondering what that sound is i think somebody's i think it's out there cutting down some hedges or something um whatever oh well <laughs> yeah um does your church do like like clubs or like bible study or like other days that you show up to do mm -hmm. 
like stuff. Do you go to those? I do not. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, just because last semester I lived at home. Yeah. And so it's like 30 minute drive from my house down here. And then I like work and I'm in school. So it's like any off time that I do have is spent doing homework. Yeah. But I actually, one of my friends went there and she like introduced me to the church and some of her friends. And so like that's how I got introduced to the church. How much of a requirement do you think it is like to be a good Catholic to go to church like every Sunday? Well, to be, you can be Catholic and not go to church. Yeah. But... To be like a practicing Catholic, you do go to church. Right. Like you should go every week. Yeah. And you should see the importance of it as like you have, like you should be able to give one hour of your week to God. Yeah. Do you think it counts the same or do you think you can give an hour of your week to God from home or like by yourself or is it, um, I don't know, not the same as going to the, I don't, to the church? I wouldn't say it would be the same. Yeah, of course. Like you can sit and pray and you should do right. that. Yeah. But like if you if you were to choose to instead of going to church spending your Sunday mornings like praying for an hour or two or so like in in your own home by yourself um. is, <laughs> would you view that as like being good enough for if, your to, to to upkeep your faith like during covid there was a dispensation so you weren't required for right. the health and safety of others um but now that like the vaccine is available and you're like you're not traveling and you're not sick it's an obligation that you do go because oh, okay. it's not about you. It's not about, oh, I'm comfortable sleeping right. in and doing all this stuff. Like, it's it's an act of surrender and humbling yourself to go even if you don't want to. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And we want that. to receive the Eucharist. Like, that is... Is that, um, I guess, transubstantiation, according to the, um, the, the Catholic thinking, is that something that can only occur in the church? Like, could you give yourself... I could not. Priests are only allowed to. Oh, it has to be like an ordained priest. Yes, it does. Oh, okay. Yes. Can an ordained priest give himself? Yes, he can. From home. Okay. I think he can. Okay. He can provide, or he can. Prov yes, because I would like watch and listen to mass every day at noon during COVID, yeah. um, and it would literally just be the one priest. Yeah. <laughs> and no one else would be would, there. Would he be at the church though? Yes. Oh, okay. Or the little chapel. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know much about nuns? Uh, I know a little bit. It depends what order you are in. Okay. What does that mean exactly? Like, so what are the there's orders? different like focuses. So like with priests too, there's like different focuses. So like there's the Franciscans who are like focused on serving the poor and oh, okay. being with the poor. And so they like their whole order is about like we have like one like robe set or something like that. Okay. They do not buy food they go out and like beg for food more or less they'll like go to i don't they, they get food donated to them yes and then they they give that food to the poor they do and then that's also what they like survive on as well okay um and so they have like limited funds they all have like tours and responsibilities to do and then there's like other i'm more i'm more familiar with the franciscans just because i listen to like one of they have a podcast that I like and it's actually really interesting because you kind of like they joke around a lot but then they yeah. also like talk about serious things that seems okay, just a little strange to me so they the food they get is from other people their podcasting equipment do they, do they buy See, that that's all donations and oh, okay. stuff okay. so like it's it's 
purely on donations and most of anything that they get they is you that money is used for resources to help them help okay. others yeah so somebody okay donated the microphones yeah and if and if they did like they like raise money to like also like have to be able to like continue to do that right, so right. nobody's walking yeah, but, away with money in their pocket they yeah, okay, all none like, of it's for profit live yeah. together in this dormitory or something yeah but there's like carmelite nuns i believe that like go into like silence and just yeah. like pray but then there's also ones that like help there's like a sister order of the franciscans and they like do things as well yeah i um live a few blocks away from uh convent convent i was, I was gonna call it a nunnery <laughs> yeah a lot of people do <laughs> that's actually a term that's legitimate a nunnery i don't know if it is but i know that oh, okay. people say it and i know what they mean <laughs> yeah. and and i was just seeing some some nuns like go in there and i was thinking like what are they doing in there a lot of times it's pray prayer like all day like some yeah just pray and eat and sleep mm-hmm. for their entire lives wow do they like because i was thinking like do they write books or something like do they have meditations on like god and they're trying to like write that down like aquinas like like i actually have a book upstairs i showed matt i brought to work once and it's like all the different revelations that god has given to like the religious or non-religious yeah um and like miracles and things that have occurred and like what they've seen on heaven hell and purgatory and what like that means so like there's saint faustina who is like shown hell and possibly heaven i don't know and she's like she writes about it but she has like a diary that you can read but the church like authenticates it and like mm -hmm. goes through like a series of like does this line up with like everything else that like does this contradict the bible does this yeah. do this does this affect like does this change god's character like it, it goes through huge process it's like a review board oh of course the catholic church sees if what you're saying is canon yeah exactly because like they are the ones that put together the bible so okay one thing i'm curious about because this is something i've i've heard other christians say as like a i don't know argument against catholics or whatnot what would you say to people who say that um catholics are like worshiping false idols for instance like the, the saints sure so uh, we don't <laughs> um so saints and like are you know when you like you ask somebody to pray for you yeah. it's just like another source of help it's not like i'm praying to you for you to help me it's like i'm just calling upon you to also deliver my prayer to god okay yeah so it's yeah what's the word for that um, intercession yeah yes yeah not not praying to the virgin mary but praying to the virgin mary to pass, yeah. pass it along to the, god the best way that i've ever heard um mary be described is she is the moon and like jesus is the sun and so she just reflects him oh, okay and that she has no light of her own and that's like how it would be for all the saints and all, yes all the... and it's like and their lives are just more examples of us like who want to live holy lives like how like to live it like i don't know there's saints that have like written books and stuff and if you like learn about their lives they were not perfect people a lot of them were like it's like hilarious to like you think like oh you're a saint so you're like perfect but like no they weren't 
Yeah. And they had their philosophy too. And it's funny to read about how they would like argue with other nuns in the convent over like really stupid things, but also like we're super close to God. It's like, no, you're just another person. Yeah. So then how do people become saints? Like just... there's capital S and lowercase s. What's the difference? Capital is like recognized by the church and like the Pope will like, I don't know what the word is. But, like, basically deem them a saint. Like, knights them, basically. Yeah, so they get the uppercase S. Yeah. And then there's, like, lowercase ones who haven't been recognized by the church, but, like, are or have. Well, like, some somebody's got to be calling them a saint. Like, is it what the, the local community calls them a saint? And then they are not they don't get the uppercase S until the Pope yeah, agrees? Yeah, I think so. It's, like, their life is still under review or, like, oh, okay. they're looking into it. Because to be an uppercase S, you have to, like have been able to have performed a miracle somebody's had to have like maybe the miracle has to have occurred through your intercessions like after you've died and they've asked like called upon you to like help and somehow i don't know there's like criteria for it okay so then (laughs) (laughs) i don't know all of it but i know like i've seen and like heard some of it what how would you define a miracle like what does that mean to you um something that has no like explanation other than just like i I don't know okay no scientific backing could explain it and so therefore so something that can't be explained through is is there any cases i mean maybe you're probably not an expert on on miracles but um (laughs) I'm wondering, like, are there cases of things being called miracles and then after a certain amount of time, the progression of science or whatever, they, the miracle status gets revoked? Is that, is that, do you know if that's ever happened? I don't, I don't think it has. Because I, I would imagine miracles... it could happen. Like something maybe in the 17th century, it's called a miracle because they couldn't explain it. Oh, sure. And then 200 years pass, like, wait, now we can't explain it. Sure. Is it still a miracle? Yeah. Um, I know that miracles, to be called miracles, the Catholic Church also, like, looks into extensively it. researches oh, okay. to make sure that yeah. there isn't any bias or whatnot right yeah so like the, the catholic church as like an organization their take on things like the list of miracles that exist is that something that the gen- the average catholic accepts you believe that, that each of those things are are actually a miracle like that happened with saints or just like transubstantiation well sure like that or um like the one that I always think of is the, like, Our Lady of Fatima miracle from, like, 1918 when it was in, like, a town of Portugal, the ta- yes. town of Fatima, mm-hmm. where the sun, like, Fat- got... got Fatima, yeah. yeah. Fatima, yeah. <laughs> got, got bigger and yeah, kind of swirled in the sky. Yeah, I read it the other day. Yeah. Because it was in that book. Oh, uh, the one that you were talking yeah, about? Yeah. What's a, it called? Oh, I don't know. It's just, like... <laughs> it's, like, a compilation of, like, miracles and apparitions yeah. and, like, different Catholic things right okay because that one that one i find interesting because <clears throat> I, I won't go too much into it but i just feel like there there are other ways it could be explained like p- people do have hallucinations occasionally but even did, shared ones but there were like thousands of people that gathered right and there's also like you know instances where people have a uh shared experience that they all attest to being true that sometimes isn't like for instance people who have ufo sightings <laughs> or things like that so oh. i just wonder like how high is the bar for something to be considered a miracle well i know with that people went there as skeptics yeah. to try to disprove and like what occurred I, I know like the sun 
like dance through the sky everybody was soaked and then the next minute all their clothes were dry yeah like i know some of those kids like actually got to experience like what hell and heaven were like mary like came to them because i know she appeared to them a few times oh yeah like beforehand Mm -hmm. and like was like she's coming back this time and that's how everybody knew to like come like check it out yeah yeah that's another thing that you said before that i was curious about like the belief system like purgatory and heaven and hell from a catholic perspective like what is the function of purgatory of of purgatory yeah um so we don't like as humans as sinful beings like we have the ability to go to heaven thanks to like jesus dying on the cross for us but heaven is like complete and utter goodness that is god and we are nowhere near that perfect like like that perfection and so purgatory is a cleansing of our souls to prepare us for that because if you to know like something that is true and like good and beautiful and to like be able to acknowledge that like if you were to have like these two options and one of them is just like amazing high quality i know we're both vegans but like steak dinner with like fancy wine and it's just like the epitome of like the best meal ever yeah but you are used to mcdonald's and like mountain dew and somebody offers you this you're too like your ability to see the good true and beautiful of like what this actually is is tainted and so like purgatory is kind of that like cleansing and preparing because like when you walk out of a movie theater in the middle of the day and it's just like super bright and you have to adjust you need that time to adjust and it's not in like like you are in purgatory with the promise of heaven so then what does like purgatory look like like what is it like do you do anything there like so i heard there's levels to it from what i read in the from what saints have like attested to but it depends like what level and like how (laughs) bad you were on earth or like how far away your soul was to like so is this like a spectrum then like that connects heaven and hell like almost like there's steps up that are pretty close to hellish and then you get closer and yeah so that's what i've read (laughs) but yeah a lot of it is just like and you can read this in the bible of like the cleansing fire Mm -hmm. and they're not referring to hell but they're referring to like god yes and it's like with if you look at when you're making gold i believe that like you burn it until the imperfections are all gone until you can see a reflection in it and then it's Mm -hmm. good and it's like that is what purgatory is okay so then you said that they're sort of like if you're a bad person does that mean that like if you're a catholic and you believe in god that like can you still go to hell or would you just go to an awfully low level of purgatory that takes a lot of work to get out of i don't know because how like like is hell reserved for non-believers or for it's for those who reject god yeah so like you can identify as a catholic and still reject everything that the church teaches and who god is right hell is a choice it's not like we're gonna damn you to this it's like god is like this is what what i'm offering you this i want to be in communion with you i want to know you i want you to know me i want a relationship with you but if you don't want that 
if you don't want me, then like, then you get help. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some opinions on that. <laughs> okay, so with purgatory, one thing I wonder is, do you do you know of maybe not mainstream, maybe even mainstream, but do you have any ideas that would suggest like Catholics who believe that we already are in purgatory? I I've, I've heard the beliefs that we can suffer on this earth like we could in purgatory to help lessen our time in purgatory to go right to heaven. Okay. When you how do you know the difference? <laughs> like when you get to purgatory, you would have full and complete memory of your earth life and existence. Oh, I have no idea. If if you would be able to recall that? Yeah. I feel like you would be able to cuz it's like your soul. Right. So then you, I guess you would know that if you if you if you don't have have a past experience on earth then you 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 would know the difference between being in purgatory and being on earth. One would hope. Yeah. I think you would I I don't know. That's I, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, cuz cool, then I wonder like is there a way to uh go downward like in purgatory like you know maybe reject god well in purgatory i don't think you'd i I don't think you would yeah because like on earth like this is different than hell like because hell is the complete removal of god and the removal of any hope and so on earth like we can't even justify what that would be like because Mm -hmm. like we still have that like we have still have relationship with god if we choose so and so hell like i've heard i like what i've read is terrifying and i don't want anybody to be there like i don't want anybody's soul to be like damned to like what is down there because most people like have christian values whether or not they identify as christian because they want what is good for others how do you think about um people with other religious beliefs for instance like accepting god is that something you can do if you were like hindu like do you think a lot of like for instance like hindu people could be like accepting god in their hearts without realizing it um or is it basically like if you're hindu you're going to hell because you i don't chose the wrong god i don't know i don't want to like mislead or misspeak on it but i know hindu beliefs is there's multiple gods yeah well, even I think even in Hinduism, there's multiple gods, but there is like the one supreme god, like Brahman. Oh, really? Is like above all. I, I'm reading through the Old Testament right now, and a lot of like the people and the kings are like going after false gods yeah. that aren't actually God, and nothing has ever been benefited. Like no one has ever benefited from that. Like, and God has always like shown up and been like, "Hi, I'm the one true God," and like prophets have like called upon him and like he's like shown up and i don't know yeah one other thing i wonder about too is so like god obviously as like the idea of god would describe like all-knowing right Mm -hmm. that's that's part of the belief Mm -hmm. so then it seems to me a little bit at least of of a seeming contradiction between an all-knowing god and God giving you, say, the free will to reject him. Because mm-hmm. then I imagine, wouldn't God know that you, like, like before even creating you, wouldn't he know what's going to happen, like, th- that you are going to reject him? Mm-hmm. And then in that way, I kind of wonder, like, what's even the point of this, like, earth right now? Like, mm-hmm. if, for instance, God would create a person or everyone and know each individual's future choices, will they reject me, will they accept me? 
you could just you know go straight to the hell, <laughs> skip it heaven part <laughs> like i'm gonna these people who you know will accept me just right, right to the heaven part that's i mean maybe that's one of those questions where as as a believer you don't know because it's like almost unknowable kind of thing yeah i think you know god could like sit on his throne and be like y'all are gonna accept me and this is how it's gonna be and i'm gonna force you to yeah. but he's not and this time on earth is like a time and place for us to build a relationship with him hmm. and for him to like even though he may know the answer like right. in the end like we still have that freedom to choose and to like be in relationship with him and want to be in relationship with him instead of just doing it because like he wanted us to or like somebody else like forced us to i also wonder though how much of a choice it really is because if for instance someone is convinced that they believe that heaven and hell exists and that that's the structure of all these things why would they choose hell though I, the only way you would choose hell is not even by choosing hell it's it's by not even believing that hell exists right because if you believe that it exists why would you choose to, to reject god yeah like for instance like i i'm not a person who believes in god but if i did i would of course i would accept god like mm -hmm. i wouldn't want to go to hell mm -hmm. and like if i do go to hell it's because i didn't believe it existed in the first place mm -hmm. so i wonder if it like it doesn't to me it doesn't even seem like it's a choice at all because mm. i mean like what what we believe to be true like do how much is that really a choice that we make do you think you ever chose to believe in god or is that something that you just felt to be true i think i <laughs> like like Sorry, you, you, you know it's like it's not like looking at a menu and thinking like i could do the god thing or i could do this other thing. i like, definitely did consider not doing the god thing okay yeah and i think that's like that's a turning point in somebody who is like raised in the faith and right. then they get to a point where it's like am i going to choose to pursue this or am i going to choose not to believe this to be true yeah god has shown up for me in ways that i don't know how to like describe and i just like no this is what i believe and this is why i believe it and he has shown up for me in these ways and i can't i could not have explained it any other way and i could have not have gotten through that part of my life any other way yeah okay this is also along the lines of what I was saying, maybe a better way of explaining it. So, for instance, if you are trying to tell me that, like, pizza is unhealthy, okay? Okay. It's not so much for me a, a choice of whether or not I believe you. It's it's what evidence do you have to give me that pizza is unhealthy? And if you do give me evidence, then I don't think I have a choice. Like, I, I can't really say, like, oh. I'm going to reject your evidence. Like, if it's good <laughs> evidence, it's good evidence. Like, I feel like when it comes to, to matters that you can prove... Like if pizza is unhealthy or not, there is no choice involved at all. Like I am, I am a slave to the facts, basically. But wouldn't those facts prove truth, or wouldn't there be some truth behind those facts? Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, for instance, if you believe because you think there's evidence behind it, I don't know if that's even choosing to believe. That's just like oh, accepting sure. what, what is real. Sure. You know. Yeah. So then I I wonder when it comes down to it, for for you and for everyone else that believes in God, do you think it comes down to like, do you think there is evidence and that's why you believe in God? Or is it like simply a matter of faith? Sure. Like if I keep asking you, why do you believe in this? And then you say this and like, but why do you believe that's true? Why do you believe that's true? Is the bottom answer that you, that there's evidence for it? Or is the bottom answer that you just have made that like leap of faith? Um, I, For me, it's a little bit of both. Oh, okay. For sure. Like the faith 
aspect like came first but they're and i am not the strongest person with the giving evidence on right. why but there is evidence out there countless like documentaries and things that have like proved jesus's existence and who god is right because one thing that it just seems to confuse me a little bit all the time is a lot of christians i know always feel the need to like point towards evidence but to me that seems like kind of at odds with the whole idea of what faith is mm -hmm. like wouldn't wouldn't faith be an acceptance of god just regardless like if if um if it's like i don't know some sort of test that you have to choose the right answer mm -hmm. and that right answer is god then why does faith even factor sorry why does evidence even factor into it i feel like people can like blindly follow with faith yeah and having like evidence as well like just confirms it oh, okay does that make sense so you're not like blindly like oh they're just doing telling me to do this one thing and like i'm gonna do it because i yeah. have faith <laughs> but like there's evidence in why they are doing what they are doing so then you're saying that for you the the faith part comes first and the evidence like bolsters it yes okay yeah it's it's always really interesting even no matter how much i might disagree with someone to to get their thoughts on the world and how it operates and what they believe um but fitness though <laughs> completely, <laughs> completely different topic. yeah right <laughs> so like is this a very important aspect of your life fitness yeah um i'd say it is i think i'd say it's very important i don't think it's the most important but it's definitely yeah. up there what is it that you do to stay fit stay fit yeah like what you a runner? Yes, I am. Yeah. I've been trying to get more into running, yeah. especially lately. There was a good while a few years ago where I was going, like a summer where I was running like most days. Yeah. And I got to get back to that spot. It's nice. Yeah. There's a lot of brain health that can come from oh, yeah. fitness, not just running. Increasing memory and focus and helps balance hormones like in your brain and stuff. Yeah, and then also being vegan right. is another way that I've... Yeah, like uh, dietary f yes, fitness, I guess. Exactly. Very whole plant-based right. vegan. <laughs> yeah, whole foods. Not not the store, but the... Yeah, not the store. I don't like the store that much, to be honest. Oh, okay. But yeah, like whole foods that are complete and not processed. Whole grains. And, right. Yeah. Um, do you like go to the gym or anything like that? I do not. I do not like the gym. It kind of scares me. <laughs> like a lot of people just like working out and yeah. i don't like have you tried like going to gyms before um or just the idea we had weight you? rooms in high school right yeah and so like i would use some of the equipment there but like i just i don't like using like the machines yeah like i'd rather like go for a run and like be out in nature and like, yeah. yeah experience like fresh air and yeah that's one of the best parts of running is i mean it's like the joy of going for a walk except sped up yeah. Um, Do you uh, listen to music when you run? Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes I don't listen to stuff or music or sometimes like a podcast or something. Sure. Oh. Yeah. How about you? I did when I first started running listening to music because it was like motivator. Yeah. Um, And then I had been listening to some podcasts and now lately I just haven't and I've just like taken in all the noises. and. Yeah. The noises of like your environment are kind of nice. Yeah. Depending on your environment. If you have a nice, like, trail to run on, it's, it's nice to have, like, the nature sounds. But I don't know. If you live in, like, a kind of more, like, urban environment, it's just listening to cars pass, which yeah. I'd probably rather listen to music most of the time than cars. But yeah, 
Yeah. Have you ever seen um, the movie We Are Your Friends? No. Well, <laughs> I, I like the movie a lot, but it's basically about a guy who wants to be a DJ and creates music. And he, like, throughout the movie, he goes for a lot of runs and he's always listening to music. And then one time he just decides to go running without his earbuds in. And then he just, like, picks up on all these nature sounds that he's running. And then he decides to incorporate that those sounds into his music, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. Hmm. It just kind of makes me realize, like, you probably should at least spend some of your time not not always attached to well, it technology. It goes back to minimalism. Right. <laughs> yeah. You should spend at least some of your time. It's probably good for your, like, mental clarity to just be by yourself and your thoughts and, like, the natural world. Oh, I think that's very, world. very, very healthy. Yeah. I think a lot of people numb themselves with like noise and entertainment like (laughs) i've heard like people blasting music at like 6 a.m as they're like leaving to go somewhere and it's like you can't even like get in your car and not have music playing yeah i run into that problem with with myself sometimes (laughs) like just feeling this kind of i don't know arbitrary need to going to or from work or driving my car just to like have something playing in my ears and then half the time like wait a minute isn't it but in a way it's like us wanting to like receive dopamine like there's some kind of reward that like comes with it and we're like subconsciously like trying to obtain like more dopamine rushes yeah even with the littlest things yeah yeah there's that and then (laughs) for me there's also this aspect of like wanting to be as efficient as possible like wanting to sure make my time yeah like do multiple things right multitask like drive yeah. to this place and listen to this like audiobook that you've at the same been, time yeah that makes sense yeah but then i don't know it's it's really beneficial for to just like have your own thoughts and that's it every once in a while or even to be bored yes some of my best ideas come from moments of boredom <laughs> I've gotten so many good ideas taking standardized tests in like <laughs> high school. Like while I'm taking the test, I'm like, yeah. oh, that's a good idea. I need to write this down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've had that too. I don't know about tests, but just like in school generally, just sitting there in the classroom, kind of kind of bored, detached from the lesson and then just thinking of other things. Yep. Yeah. This is like a physical thing, reaction that happens to my body sometimes <laughs> under conditions of like boredom or like lack of st- stimulation. Sure. And I, I still, I've described it to people every once in a while, and it seems like some weird foreign thing that nobody else gets. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> this is what happens. Maybe it happened the most like during like high school when I was in math classes and stuff. And okay. it's happened sporadically, maybe like at this point once a year mm-hmm. in my life. Maybe I'm up late reading a book. But then all of a sudden what happens is time starts to like feel different. It's like this um, way that time feels really slow. Okay. But then when I move my body, it feels really fast. If I like move my finger, it's like disorientingly faster than I expected my my, my body to move huh. because the time around me felt like everything slowed down. Interesting. And then what also happens, I, I feel like in my mouth and like in my body, like kind of like weird, like not like I, <laughs> like something is off, but it's not, there's not like fear involved. It's just like this kind of strange confusion aura. And then sounds are extremely loud like i can hear clocks from like other apartment buildings like next to me like the other units and stuff and then like if i were to make any sudden movement it's like dropping a pen it's just like it's like kind of deafening and and Mm -hmm. jarring and it lasts for like five ten minutes but it feels like a long time because time is for me going slower. yeah yeah and then it just goes away huh 
Yeah, I can't relate. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have thought you would. Nobody so far has been, been able to relate. That's really interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why it happens, but it's always in those kind of moments where nothing is happening. Huh. And I'm alone. It's always when I'm alone. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Just never alone and it will never happen again. Yeah. Well, it's not like I want to avoid it happening. It's kind of, it's an interesting thing that. You want to understand. Yeah. More. Yeah. So fitness in terms of you, you run and eat a vegan. Yes. Do you like, are you trying to eat health foods or? I try to eat. You're not no. like a junkitarian. What is that? Oh, the junkitarian. It's like <laughs> people, people are vegetarian or, or vegan, but like. They only eat junk only food. Eat junk food oh like, my gosh. Yeah. That's like the Milwaukee area vegan page. Oh, really? It's just like all like comfort food that's yeah. vegan, which isn't bad, but right. it's like, I don't know. That's why I like working where we do because yeah. like there are healthier options. And I think it's a lot more creative than like, you know, taking grease or palm oil and yeah. like adding sugar to it and calling it something. And you're like, wow, it's a vegan version. Right. And it's like, but you can do so much more with like, I don't know. I made beet brownies once. Beet brownies. Yes. And they were like red and they were like super rich. And I don't know. My parents loved them, but they were like vegan. That sounds interesting. Yeah. And so it's like incorporating different yeah. foods into things. And like, I think it'd be good if you tried to make it like a red velvet kind of yeah. thing. It kind of was like the color was super like, yeah. it looked really cool. And I don't even know if I have the recipe. Yeah. It was just kind of an experimental thing. Yeah, I like I like kind of both both sides of the the vegan cuisine world. There's those like comfort food like restaurants and like YouTube pages where they just have all these recipes of like turning your your favorite dishes into vegan versions of that thing. Yeah. And then there's like the health side. Because I think the thing I like most about the comfort vegan food is I feel like it's makes it easier for people to get into sure veganism. the transition right it's like this thing that i've always loved eating now i can still eat it sure and it's 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 more like perhaps universally appealing it it avoids i feel like there's this kind of unfortunate stereotype of veganism is the people who only ever eat salads or like <laughs> that kind of thing oh, gosh. like people who are like granola people they're that's like, what people call me they call me granola <laughs> child because like, i'm just like so like plant-based yeah yeah, so it's like it, it gets around that a little bit. And I feel like the more that, at least at, right now, to subvert that kind of idea in people that like, oh, I don't want to be vegan because that means I'm only going to eat like these. Yeah. Things. Oh, my selection has like minimized. Oh, really? Well, no, like people will think oh, that. Oh, yeah, right. Yes. That's just right. like lettuce and Right. The thing is like it's, it's just become so boring and basic and like. Oh, no. There's so much more to it. Yeah. So I, that's why I like it because it, it expands what vegan can be. Oh, yeah. So then you don't, you're not a junkitarian. See, I will, like, I'll go out and I'll yeah. enjoy, like, I like, I don't know, I like finding good vegan ice cream oh, yeah. and, like, cookies and whatnot from, like, the public market. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those are good. Those chocolate you chip cookies. You got are... one? Oh, yeah, I've had them before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they're, like, the best. Yeah. Do you have anything against the the, the mock meat? stuff like the beyond burgers the impossible uh, burgers they or... scare me oh, really? <laughs> in all honesty like they just taste so much like meat that they I'm... do yeah and at I... least from our perspective i like i don't know if it's just yeah that like six I don't years remember. removed yeah. <laughs> like i can't give you an authentic like yeah yeah but they, they do like sometimes i go to a restaurant and, like there's an impossible burger on the menu and i get it and then i'm like did they forget are to they get, sure like, is this is this the impossible burger 
Or is this just a regular burger and they forgot to give me the right one? Yeah. I haven't, like, on the bus has, like, vegan. Bur- yeah. Yes. And I have not felt, like, a craving to, like, have one those. or, like, that I need one. Because I do love barbecue sauce. It's, like, oh, yeah. my favorite sauce. I love barbecue sauce, too. And they have, like, what is it? The smokehouse or whatever. Yeah, I haven't tried that one. but Really? It's, like, the most expensive burger. It is. It is. But it's really good. Yeah. On the bus, by the way, is a Milwaukee vegan restaurant. In case you don't Cafe know. Cafe thing. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's, like, a little bus they make shack. ice cream and it's really good yeah it's like it's scratch. a good place yes oh yeah their ice cream though like their milkshakes oh, i like they've let me down in many other areas but their ice cream always comes through yeah like, like there's smoothie bowls where I let down. <laughs> their customer service <laughs> oh okay yeah <laughs> yeah so what other ways do you try to maintain your fitness do you like meditate or anything like that no i guess the closest to meditating would be like prayer, prayer. yeah, yeah. I, okay are you very familiar with like meditation like what it isn't supposed to be um i mean i know that like there are catholic meditations and i'm right. done like because i, I want to ask like when you pray like if it feels like meditation like if if it's effectively in your brain doing the same kind of things yeah i don't i guess if if you haven't like really meditated then you wouldn't really have something to compare yeah to. i feel like in some ways yes it's similar and, and then in other ways it's not because it's like it's supposed to be an open dialogue with yeah. God. Yeah, like the goal is different. Yeah. And what you're doing. But it's definitely is it's like I don't know, can quench the same thirst right. of like what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I, yeah, I imagine the the goal is probably different, but maybe like the physical effects or like the things that are happening in your brain might be similar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know <laughs> at all. Um I, I I don't really meditate very often, but I do sometimes. Sure. I ha- I like usually do if i'm like feeling stressed yeah to have better perspective on the world and like this thing that i'm worrying about doesn't actually matter yeah like giving yourself some perspective yeah yeah i got you i I go for a run when i get stressed oh yeah it like helps so much yeah i guess no and that's actually kind of similar to like meditation too just running i know didn't you talk to brooklyn sort of about um maybe i don't even remember at this point i think you uh i feel like Oh, she was talking about like rewiring your brain. A um, little bit, but she was talking about like running and being in the present moment yeah. and how like running yeah. is like good for that. Right. Which I like agree. Yes. It's like, yeah, that's the kind of way be that it in could the be. Present. Like, yeah, there's too much. I mean, it's just kind of like a natural thing that people are driven to. Too much anxiety about the future or like longing for the past. It's, <laughs> it's just, it's harder, but more mentally healthy to just be present, be in the present moment. For sure. And I definitely think running is a good detox or exercising and it's a good detox like mentally for you mentally and physically because like you're kind of just purging all that out and you're like entering into this pain and like Mm. continuing in it but like letting but like also being humble by it. And like there's definitely like a strong sense of bettering yourself when you're running because oh for sure you notice that like now you're not as exhausted as you were running the same amount of miles or the same time you can like just get better and better at being able to run longer and do you have any interest in like doing marathons or like i would love to do um a half marathon yeah um at some point it'd be cool like when you run do you like have a goal do you try to run farther than you did the previous day or anything like that um Yes and no. So, like, 
I've been doing at least two miles. I've run the last like three days, including today. And I haven't because my knee, I messed up my knee. Mm -hmm. And I was like trying to figure out why. So I like took a break because before that I was running like four a day. Um, And so I like let that go down to like two. And so I'm like trying to build back up because ideally I'd want to like go out and run like five and just like be fine. Right. And just not be like phased by it. And then like next would be like a half. But I like slowly build because you can... You don't overdo it. I I don't think you want to go. There's like a rule. It's like you don't want to increase by like ten percent over ten percent or something like that. Well, on a day to day basis or on like week basis, basis, I think. Because it's like if you are like running one mile for like a few weeks and then the next month or next week you like oh I'm just gonna do like three or if somebody just like too big of a jump or if somebody just like doesn't run at all and just starts to start start running right then yeah and like go up to like four it's like yeah you're gonna be like sore and your body's gonna be like in pain i've had that happen to me before it's like i haven't run in like four months but i used to run i'm just gonna do as much as i used to yeah and i i I would do the same thing because it's like no i still have it and i have to prove it to myself (laughs) yeah (laughs) running okay do you experience the runner's high yes and no i like it's like a physical like sensation or do you just feel like good about yourself just, i mean i've felt good about myself but i feel like other people have had like other experiences right people some people like report like really intense like like euphoria almost. yeah yeah or i've never felt that i've, no, I've just I felt have... proud of myself yeah for doing it mm-hmm. usually like the physical sen- sensation i have after running is bad like yeah. i'm like tired and like <laughs> i need water really bad <laughs> and i want to just lay down for a while but... yeah <laughs> No, no, yeah. I feel like I have, like, while I'm running and, like, when I'm, like, a few miles in and I'm, like, wow, I feel really good oh, okay. for, like, being a few miles in yeah. to, like, my run in which you'd think you'd just be more tired a few miles in, but you, like, feel better than when you started. Like, the first mile of my runs are always the most painful. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. You get into, like, a groove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's usually, like, ha- halfway through, start to feel good. But then by the time I'm done, I'm, like, I'm, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah 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 <laughs> all right so um we've been talking for a while sure have probably, probably time to <laughs> end this episode um before we end it though do you have any recommendations for maybe a book that you've re- oh, re- recently goodness. read or maybe your favorite book or something like that that you think like an actionable piece of advice or thing to do that the audience the listener could anything do. if it's not a book it couldn't it doesn't have to be a book it could be um a piece of music or okay something to watch just an activity that someone could go do that you yourself like to do okay um i mean go running that's probably good advice. yes i would say that i've i don't know how beneficial this will be but i've really been into this one album by kanye west <laughs> is it the newest one that he made like the- no um it's jesus is king which is oh that's not the newest one no oh, i don't okay. i don't maybe it is i don't know i don't follow him that's like, the one i've heard a lot of people talk to me about yeah it it came out in 2019. Oh, okay. But I've been like... Oh, yeah, I've heard a few songs on it. I like it. I mean, just as a Catholic Christian, like, it's great to see artists. Yeah. Like... Is that something like Kanye recently, like, became a Christian or something? Or was he um, always? I think or... he grew up in the face, but then, like, didn't really, but then, like... Like, this album has a resurgence or something? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, and then the 
the podcast I listen to by the Friars. Right. It's called Poco a Poco. And Poco a Poco. I don't know. If you have questions about the Catholic faith or just Christianity in general, they do a good job of explaining it and just like everyday life as a Christian and what that should be. Yeah. Um, and I feel like in a way it describes it a lot better than like what you may have heard or what Christians may have said to you that may have like turned you off from the faith. Oh, okay. uh, I like I like them a lot. And they actually do have music. One of the guys like sings songs. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> and it's not bad. And I, I don't know. So I'd recommend that. Also, um, that book you're talking about, do you have that? Upstairs. Do you want me to go grab it? Yeah, well, I want to know the name so I can put it in the description. I'm really bad at names and reading. <laughs> so this book, Compendium of the Miraculous by Deacon Albert E. Graham. It's a thick book. It is. It's, it's like a whole... It is a compendium, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I don't know, super interesting. That just goes through all like the Catholic miracles. Um, um there's like different like accounts from like other saints on like heaven and hell and purgatory, and then like miraculous healings and yeah, interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for being on this episode. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to take up so much of your time. This is probably a longer one, but I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad for it. Thanks for the opportunity.